Good evening, and welcome back to Beacon, our Aliens RPG live play here with the Streampunks, sponsored by Demiplane. And just as a right off the top of the bat, I'll tell everybody now that if you would like to support the Streampunks and you are looking for a way to do that, I highly recommend you click on the link that'll take you to the Demiplane Nexus, where you can get uh, the new Alien RPG in early release. The big news from Demiplane, though, is they have started to roll out the Avatar, the last Airbender RPG, which is already up uh, right now on the Demiplane, I believe, in early access. Highly recommended. Um, I, f I think it's available for the people who supported the Kickstarter, but if you haven't got a chance to check it out, that is coming soon. So definitely check that out. We are going to be having a giveaway uh, at the break today. Um, it's our last code that we have for a giveaway to gain free access to the Alien Nexus. So stay tuned for that um let's see let's go ahead and jump into some of the other announcements we have uh for the evening before we kick off uh the first one is i believe and sam you might have to correct me on this and caitlin you might have to correct me on this but if i remember correctly You're we wrong. have we have another episode of jedi shadows coming up don't we on the discord is that next week is that correct or is that this week not this next. week. Not this week. Okay. So um, if y'all are interested, uh, on our Discord, one of the things that we do is we play some games for, specifically for our coffee subscribers. And uh, to gain access to that is at the companion level or higher. And basically, we have been running a three-person RPG of the two Jedi who are on the run that sort of branched off from our fundraiser that we had over the summer. So if you're interested, to check that out. That'll be coming up soon. Um, Eric. Yes. That game's on Halloween. I just I just looked at the calendar. Oh, it's yes. on the thirty first because it's, on it's, the 31st. it's because it's a five Monday uh month. Oh no wait, it's on Tuesday, so it's on November 1st. Okay, so it is next week. On, Never mind. I did poor week. math. We're having a We're having a night. All right, so it's next week. We're having gotcha. a Halloween game in this game. This yeah, is we're having Halloween, Halloween game. in this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I made plans for that. Mm -hmm. No, I'm aware. Oh of dear. That. October. <laughs> no, no, I, I made I made plans for the Halloween game, yeah. Um, all right, so uh, that's coming up. Also, I um, just wanted to mention, we've gotten a couple of questions asking about it, so I'll go ahead and point out. Um, we do have updates uh, coming soon about our website that you guys helped us basically fundraise for and build. We have already seen the build of how it's coming along. It looks amazing. We'll give you guys heads up when that's happening. We're also going to have more news about merch in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for that. Um, and that's all I have for myself. I'm going to hand it off now to Elisa Pearl because we had a rather large announcement take place this week uh, during Fleet Week. And I thought Elisa might be the one that wants to fill you all in on what we just announced for the Streampunks. Yeah. So if you haven't heard yet, we have announced our next Streampunks campaign. It is another Clear Skies called Perseverance. And this is basically like the Deep Space Nine of Clear Skies. So it's going to take place at Utopia Planitia on Mars, the shipyards where they build all the Starfleet ships. Or not all of them, but most of them. And we haven't announced the cast yet. We're going to be confirming and rolling that out soon. But I can give you a little hint that there's a lot of familiar faces right here mm -hmm. that you'll be seeing in this game. That's all I can say, though. Um, and I'm very excited to be running it. And so, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, follow us at StreamPunksRPG on Twitter and Instagram for more updates. And as we announce the cast and show you some cool graphics that we're creating for the show. Oh, also, 
because it is a partnership with Modifius and Star Trek Online. Uh, be sure to check out Modifius's new book, Utop the Utopia Planitia book. Um, and yeah, that that's all I got. Sweet. All right. Anybody else have any announcements they'd like to kick off before we kick off? I do. Yes, Noir. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Morning Ritual is back next week. We have yeah. Nala Wu on, which will be extraordinarily awesome. Uh, Roll20 Con is happening in, on uh, the 23rd. Uh, I am in a panel called Learning RPGs with Pro GMs. It's going to be me, TK Johnson, Devin Trulick. Uh, it's Friday and Super Dylan. Uh, very excited for that. Uh, we're just going to talk shop about GMing. And also, uh, I am in a Cobalt Press game called Traitorous with Eric Frankhouse, uh, Athena Palmer, Little Red Dot, Matt Palmer. Uh, it's a really good time. Uh, Athena made some wild choices, and it's one of it's one of the favorite one of my favorite weird games that I've been in in, in a while. So, uh, check that out. That's it. All right. Thank you, Noir. Anybody else? I know Caitlin's got something. I do. Um, <laughs> you should check out Thin Places Radio uh, on Twitter at Thin Places Radio, and you can also search it on Spotify. I don't know where else it's available right now. We've got the trailer up, uh, and I'm super excited. The first. Three episodes are going up on the October twenty eighth. So uh, get very excited about it. It's a like a paranormal call in show, um, hosted by my dear friend Kit, and I am producing, and uh, it's really really cool. We put the first uh, few episodes together this week. They rock, and I'm so excited for y'all <laughs> to hear them. So go check it out. Please listen to it. It's it's incredible. I'm so pumped. Sweet. All right, thanks. Uh, anybody else have anything before we start tonight's narrative? Nobody. Um, oh, yes. Yes, Sam. Sam, you look like you don't want to say something. I didn't realize we had an, a Halloween game. I think I knew at one point when we were like developing the show, and then I think probably because, you know, brains do survival mechanisms where like if something is like really information you don't want to have, they make you forget it. And you know what? My brain did actually just the same thing as everything else that it does with dates, which is to make it go swoosh unless it's immediately in front of me. But also probably because it's scary and October was a mistake. And I'm excited, but also I'm mostly kind of scary. Let's go ahead and begin tonight's chapter, Beacon.
Welcome back. Before we get underway tonight, I'm going to go ahead and inform everybody of some of our new rules that I've implemented uh, since we were last playing. Some of you who have seen some of our other streams will have noticed that on occasion I implement a story point system, which I'm a big fan of. Story points allow players typically to give themselves advantages or change the narratives. In this case, story points are given to us by our supporters on coffee. So our super punks supporters are being are the ones that are actually supplying you all with story points for this game. That being said, uh, this morning, thanks to everybody in the League of Whimsy, thank you all, we actually worked out a really great system that I'm very excited about using moving forward. Um, uh, special thanks to Tim for helping us come up with this. But uh, this is how the story points are going to work for tonight's game. Um, first off, oops, let me just check this real quick. Okay, first off, um, a story point, we have 10 total. They do not refresh except for the end of a chapter and at GM's discretion, which is probably, you know, for fear of wanting to be not, for fear of wanting to stay away from being unfair, I'm probably not going to be doing that often, but they refresh at the end of chapter. Chapters end whenever they end. Um, they can be used for the following ways in the following ways a story point can be used to increase your chances of success so if you spend one story point all the dice you roll the success range increases normally you need a six in order to succeed on a die roll if you spend a story point you need a five or a six on your dice to get a success the second use of story points is possibly life-saving the second point uh, purpose for using story points is for stress rolls so if you spend a story point and you have made a panic, or rather I should say a panic roll, if you've made a roll in the panic table, you can spend a story point to reduce that panic roll result by one. You can also spend a second story point. So if you really, if you're in bad shape and you want to spend two story points, you can spend two to drop down by two results. You do have a finite pool, a total of 10 points. Tonight is the start of a brand new chapter, however. You all have 10 story points moving forward until this chapter wraps up. Tonight's part one of the Ilios. And so let's begin. It's been a month since our last chapter. Out here in the seemingly dead corners of the infinite cosmos, surrounded by steel, emptiness, and cold, Nothing relieves the erosion of the mind and spirit quite like routine. Four weeks, eight hours a day. Awaken in your desolate but surprisingly spacious living quarters. Auto timers set in the showers to ensure that everyone has become proficient at cleaning themselves in a five-minute window. Reporting to Sea Deck for a prefab breakfast, converting it from a flash-frozen plate to a rehydrated and reheated banquet of blandness. The familiar sounds of early morning conversations and the echoes of distant power drills have become familiar and somehow soothing. The repairs to Beacon Station gain momentum each day with few setbacks. Power has been restored to every deck, and thanks to a shipment this past week, all water tanks are full and reclamation is fully functional. The sick bay is up and running too, and Dr. Khan has already made herself home there. The ships remain unused and in their idle nature. And that has done nothing to soothe the frustrations of the director. 
In the month you have spent working here, you've begun to notice certain aspects of her behavior. She is efficient and seems to understand the value of her people. She doesn't conduct herself in the bottom-line sort of fashion one might expect from a former executive of Weyland yutani She is, however, impatient. And on more than one occasion, the morning ritual on the promenade starts with coffee and stories of shouting matches overheard between her and Baker. The crew seems to have a begrudging fondness for her, however, but that speaks more to the crew's resilience and its cavalier attitude to the fa- in the face of adversity. More than anything else. Roughnecks, former military, medical staff, it's rare to encounter someone on Beacon who is out here just for the pay. It's a chance to do some good and earn a living while doing it. That's not easy to find. The promenade remains an empty catacomb, a ghost of its former self. However, that may change in the coming months now that the station is functioning. For all the time station staff has spent putting this place back together again, there's been little to no time for socializing beyond the day-to-day banter enjoyed after an exhausting day of rewiring or in the morning spotting a friendly face emerging from one of the community showers on the hab deck. Today brings an uncertain break from your routine. After breakfast, each of you has been asked to meet with the director in her office. And so we begin chapter three at 8.24 a.m. station time in this expansive, sparsely filled chamber that is the promenade. Breakfast trays clatter, utensils scrape, the occasional laugh is heard, as is a smattering of good morning, Isaac, from a few passing residents who spot their friendly neighborhood android on the way to meet with their associates. You have all gathered near the end table, enjoying the simple pleasures of morning coffee or tea with your standard prefab meal. And like the others here on Beacon, you've learned that good company can help make the blandness of this food manageable. And that is where we begin. And the customary silence as you're all sitting there with one another, uh, it becomes sort of a game is wondering who's going to speak first or who's got something that they want to bring up from the night before. And about this point, as part of this ritual, Isaac, you move over to that end of the table and take a seat next to everybody. Um, There's nothing to do at this morning hour during the shift changes. Everyone seems to enjoy this time, this brief moment of reprieve. Four weeks of changing out oxygen scrubbers, air scrubbers, wiring, lighting fixtures, getting the place up and running again. If you have any questions about anything that's happened in the past month, feel free to ask, but I can update you on your working Joe situation. The working Joe, (laughs) the working (laughs) Joe uh, is actually currently in the workshop. It has not been brought back online since it was deactivated, but there is a belief that it can be made functional again and actually can sort of fulfill a role that Isaac will be leaving behind if Isaac ever has to leave the station. Um, the working Joe itself seems like it is an older model and it's just needing to get some repair work done on it, but there has been little to no time. There's been a couple of people that have been pushing to try to get the working Joe back online and fixed, 
Um, but the director wants 100% assurances that it will be safe to use, and she wants a reason why Working Joe would malfunction in such a murderous way, since that's all but unheard of from the Working, working Joe Siegson models. And that's where we begin. Um, how has Taylor been? I think that's that's gonna be the doc's number one thought. Taylor is here. She's sitting about ten feet away from y'all's table at one of the others. You can see her every now and then. She'll catch your eye and smile at you and just kind of give you a head lift nod. She has been pulling double duty. She is doing just fine. She seems to have overcome all of her symptoms. She's working a lot. It turns out she's got a lot of work to do in. Uh, seems to be more of a heavy machinery type gal. However, she has been spending a lot of time at the medical bay as an assistant to Dr. Khan. Uh, you've probably, by now, it's probably caught on that that is happening, Albright. She seems to have taken an interest in learning more about how to help people medically. I think I think you kind of walk on over uh, morning to you. Just, uh... Morning! She stops her coffee and just kind of sets it down. <laughs> morning! So I, I, I hope you don't mind my asking, but what originally brought you here to Beacon? I, I've done all manner of talking to you, and I don't think I've ever gotten around to that question. <laughs> oh, um... Uh, she looks at a couple of her friends at the table who just smile at her and she looks back at you and she says, um, honestly, I, I'm a pretty decent mechanic and I love space and I wanted to come out. Um, I wanted to see stars up close. Oh, as close as you could get to them, you know, obviously in space, not from the surface of a planet is what I mean. I wanted to see them on the other side of the sky. I, I think I, I think I get you. So I mean, from engineering to to, uh, to medicine, I see. Like, just well, I mean, I'm helping. Yeah, you're doing you're doing a fantastic job. I just I wondered where this inclination may have come from, but I'm glad that you found it. And uh, if you have any questions or any such thing, feel free to pick my mind. I I clearly have no problems talking. <laughs> well. Okay, thank you. I Happily. I mean, I'm not... I could help rebuild an engine, but I don't know how to rebuild a person just yet. But when I get to that <laughs> proficiency level, I will definitely ask you questions. Uh, well, I mean, we just try to set things in the right place. Usually the body does most of the work for us. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, uh, just, just good to see you. I'm, I'm hoping you have a great morning. Thanks, Doc. It's good to see you, too. Uh with that going to uh i i think he's taken to sitting next to uh i think he's uh, taken to sitting next to uh tig and martha uh and probably dr khan if dr khan's down here as well you know dr khan almost never dines at the same time as everybody else uh you've gotten the impression that she has poor time management skills when it comes to her eating habits. I'm gonna you, have you're, to bring her up some coffee again. She always yeah, forgets. she usually has somebody like Taylor bring her food from the cafeteria. Is usually, and it's actually one of the ways that Taylor got assigned to Doctor Khan was uh, the director actually had. I mean, this would be known to you, particular 
doc, but the director had words with Dr. Khan about making sure that her recovering chief medical officer who took a head injury when she first got here is being fully cared for and taken care of while she manages the health of the entire staff. So Taylor was given to her as an assistant because she volunteered and that's kind of how that goes. But yeah, if you want to bring her a cup of coffee, I'll tell you now that will never be, that will always be appreciated by Dr. Khan. I think before I think he has to the extra coffee when he's just gonna sit next to uh uh sit next to the squad and just go uh busy day ahead today. Right, let's let's on everybody's agenda. I have a meeting. Oh, Isaac, well that's that's something else. Are you allowed to indulge us with what your meeting might be about, or is this something you got to keep close to the chest? I don't know yet. Oh, that must mean it's going to be real interesting. Well, you have yourself a great time in your meeting. Make sure you take notes. Yeah, How do you I have take a meeting good too. notes. <laughs> oh. The way I good take notes? good notes is well, I generally I write down whatever catches my attention, and that's usually enough to jostle the old memories back when I read the notes. So it might not necessarily be keen on what the meeting was about, but if it was something particularly funny, I, I, I had a, a professor who would mispronounce ridicule all the time. He called it ridicule. <laughs> I, I would write down every time he said ridicule, and the notes really kind of stuck that way. What a ridiculous mistake. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Did I do something? Uh, take like, uh, just, like spits part of them up and up. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was funny. It was the, the same word that that he used to tell the story. The, <laughs> yeah, yes, nailed it. Back to like putting too much muffin around mm. ones. It, it, it ain't muffin going, generous. It, it, it ain't going nowhere, Tig. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, well, I'm hungry and it's too early, so. I feel you. I, I get you. Um, Martha, where's your meeting? Are you taking notes? Mm. Well, I always kind of take mental notes. Um, my meeting is with Varela right after breakfast. So for the rest of you, that would obviously trigger the fact that you all have the <laughs> same meeting to go to. No, Varela's mm. going to be in four places. At once. Varela's a hologram? Superposition. Mm -hmm. Now, we haven't gotten that far with clothing. Never mind. Mm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Alien resurrection. What? I'm just saying, we've gotten farther. <laughs> oh, that movie. I only watch two. I only have to watch two. I've watched two. I'm done. <laughs> mm. well, if I'm not mistaken, I do believe we're all going to be at the same meeting so we can compare and contrast our note-taking styles. Oh, okay. About that moment, you can hear echoing out the booming voice bouncing off the walls of one Jocasta Kavalova. 
Jocasta Kavalova is the quartermaster of Beacon Station. She is 44 years old, Ukrainian, and it looks like she's been lifting heavy machines all her life. She has, her head has been completely buzzed down. She does not enjoy people in her cargo bay if they don't have a reason for being there. And more than a few people have been reported to the colonial marshal simply because they were enjoying a smoke break around some crates that were being stacked and were not on duty. Note, they were still station staff, everyone is, but she still reported them to law enforcement, which kind of tells you a little bit about who she is. A few moments, Karen. Uh, you can hear, you can Karen. hear, <laughs> you can hear a booming voice as she goes, Isaac, Isaac. And one by one, you join a lot of people turning and looking over their shoulders as you see the quartermaster Jocasta is pushing forward, like shoving in front of her, Hassan, who is got a big smile on his face as he shoves, he gets shoved over to your table. And Jocasta leans on Hassan's shoulder, this big, stocky Middle Eastern man who's got this grin on his face. And she says, so I think today is finally when it happens. I think today is the day you're going to, you're going to arm wrestle Hassan in front of everyone and win me some money. Right now, she slaps the table. Right now. You're doing this right now. And she points at Hassan. And Hassan shrugs and says, If Isaac wants to lose right now, I am happy to beat Isaac right now. I've been hearing about this match for checks watch. She doesn't have four weeks now. Um, I must say, the hype has gotten me excited. People are starting to gather. I thought you were avoiding it. I, I wasn't you were scared. No, no. Well, then why put it off for four weeks? Why put it My off for friend. four weeks? There's a whole station to repair. But now, Jocasta's right. We do this now. Let's do this, Isaac. And he says, uh, you, points to somebody who was sitting next to you, and immediately they get up with a big smile on their face, and Hassan takes the chair, spins it around, and sits down at the table, squeezing in next to you guys and puts his arm up. And immediately, people start cheering, and people get up from their tables. About 40 station staff rushing over to this part, and people start crowding around, and you can hear people placing bets in a few moments. Jocasta starts calling out to everybody, oh, no, wanna keep it down, keep it down. And starts taking bets, too, and starts managing, like, pointing out to people. And Hassan rolls up his sleeve. You see tattoos all up this thick forearm, and he pulls his sleeve all the way up and goes puts his hand up and goes all right today's the day we'll still be friends when you lose we'll still be friends when i lose have fun all right make your roll sure um what is this close combat or stamina um Ooh, you know, I think this might be... Stamina, doesn't stamina cue off of strength? Yeah, they both do. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's take, let's call it stamina. Okay. Oh, we'll still be friends, right? Oh, dear. All right, I'm rolling. I mean, maybe they're tied. They could conceivably be tied. The working Joe tied me. I'm going to push. He's going to gain a point of level of stress. <laughs> He's going to push. Okay. I can't do that. I, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. 
Yep. So how many? What'd you get, Isaac? Three. <laughs> he got it's one three. after pushing. <laughs> All right. It's eleven. Nobody, nobody realistically thought Isaac was going to lose this arm wrestling match, but you can see everyone betting against Hassan, which Hassan is obviously tuned out as he leans in and looks you in the eyes, a big smile underneath that thick black mustache of his as he gazes at you, Isaac. When you put your hands in his big meaty hand, Jocasta puts her hand over the two of you and goes, ready, go, and throws her hand back, and immediately you see the veins bulging and in the side of Hassan's face as he, and Isaac stoically looking at Hassan as you edge him down. It is worth noting, Hassan has a strength of five. He is a powerful human being and you see his hand just go down, down, down. It's over. Although to, to his credit, he offered more resistance this time, but only marginally. And laughter erupts around you, drowning out anything. You can see, you can see his son saying something to you, Isaac, but nobody can hear it. It's just completely swallowed in cheers and laughter. Um, actually, because he pushed. Okay, so as you all let go of each other, he goes, ah, ah, and he cradles his arm. Ah. I thought you said it wouldn't hurt you. Uh, you promised. I think I did that. I think I overdid that. Tig just holds out her hand across the table to him. <laughs> People are laughing, and Hassan just smiles as he holds over his hand. You can already see some swelling starting to develop around his wrist. Do you have any pre-existing pain in this area? Uh, I've broken this arm a few times. Okay, well, that was smart of you. Uh, and she's going <laughs> to do like a... <laughs> make sure that it's not like nothing eminently broken and or sprained if this is an ice it or if this is a go to med bay situation this okay roll medicine oh jeez. Uh, roll your medicine check there's mm -hmm. laughter and people begin to disperse jocasta just ruffles hassan's hair as she just steps away and goes back to laughing and hassan stands there for a minute and just lets the good medic tig check him out <laughs> okay Make your roll. do we always have our equipment on us oh that's up to you and mm, I feel like she would, as like paramedic type, is very like always prepared kind of a person. I mean, you were a combat medic, so yeah. it would make sense that you always have something on. Yeah. You. Okay. So. Oh my God, I have a lot of counting to do. Okay, and then plus two for my equipment, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, one success. Okay. That was so many uh, dice I could not. Really <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is an ice it situation. Um, this is it probably yeah. exasperated an old injury. It looks like there's a little bit of swelling around his wrist. He's he'll be fine. He needs to ice it. Uh, I just while I'm holding it, I just grab one of the like napkins, put it on, reach into my own cup, and pull a handful of ice out onto it, and like wrap it up. Doctor's orders. You'll be mm. fine. Uh, he wraps it around and looks at you, Isaac, and goes, Why don't we do this again in a month? Give me some time to prepare. Not, uh, not impulsive, eh? Give me some time. I almost had you. Uh, when? Mm, he gets up from this chair. 
you see people clapping him on the back a little bit as he walks past them. Um, and he goes back and kind of, you hear him laughing a little bit as he says something to somebody, but he retreats back into the crowd. Uh, before he dips off, I, yeah. I'm just like, doctor kind of put a hand on his back uh, and just go, son, it, it's not about bravado. Isaac has been engineered to be superior to your muscles and bones in every way possible. This, this, this isn't it's punching a brick wall, son. It's not about winning. Hassan says with a big smile, it's all about bravado. Yeah, you remind me of a boy. Just kind of pat him <laughs> on the back and just send him on his way. Okay. Uh, but I will take one stress from him. Okay. Aww. Take a point of stress. Um, which technically, whoever, guess what? Ready for this? Coffee automatically gives you one point of stress. Oh. <laughs> That's hysterical. Not kidding. Gives you one point of stress. However, oh, however, for an entire yeah, shift, accurate. it staves off all the effects of not getting enough sleep. Wow. Which coffee is a, mechanics. Which, yep, there is a coffee mechanic in this game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so if you have had coffee this morning, do give yourself one point of stress. <laughs> Cheers. Gosh, you I already just, did. I want to <laughs> know what the pumpkin spice latte mechanics. <laughs> I have to decide if Tig's a coffee person. I, uh, uh, you, you, if you drink a pumpkin spice latte, you automatically start gaining whiteness. So be very, very careful. Um, I heard there were rules for that in D&D Basic. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody oh, enjoy what you'd like to enjoy. You're allowed to have pumpkin spice latte if you'd like. Yes. <laughs> and D&D basic though I wouldn't recommend it <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I'm drinking I'm drinking pumpkin coffee with pumpkin creamer right now so yeah beautiful yep all right so. um, uh, after Hassan walks away I'm gonna kind of smirk to the rest of uh, the folks here and say okay. so does he do it for the attention it's about fun you guys are reading too far into it I guess, but it's like that kind of guy, like to just put yourself in harm's way like that for no other reason but bravado. Oh, I couldn't harm him. There's a bypass in my systems. I can't harm a human nor allow them through a mission to come to harm. Oh, no. That was why I was concerned when his wrists swelled up. I thought maybe I would explode. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that you would harm him. I'm just saying, like, he's putting himself up against, like Doc said, like against a brick wall. Well, we go for, we go ignore the exploding part. That's a joke, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Of course, know. I couldn't explode near a human. That would harm them. Wait, is that like a, is that in your programming to explode if you harm someone? I don't know. I've never done it. Wait, why did you say it? Well, I saw it and I thought about what might happen if oh. he had really been hurt. I thought maybe I would explode. They were worried about their friend. No sort of explode now. Yeah, no explodey, please. We like you in one piece. I like Um, you too. Actually, uh, Martha, what is your Comtech skill? My Comtech is three. 
three. All right. Uh, without having to roll, I can tell you now, especially and and this actually might be true for Tig as well. But you being Colonial Marine, you've been in units. It, it is very common for Colonial Marines to have a synthetic in their combat units. They don't. Synthetics are not technically allowed to be combat units themselves, but they operate with much like Bishop did. They will operate with a combat deployment. Um, you know for a fact that no it, it's kind of funny to you because you know for a fact just from the rules and regulations governing synthetic life that any if a synthetic was programmed to detonate upon violation of programming that they would be banned by the united nations in a heartbeat but isaac seems genuinely like like an existential sort of whimsical yeah i might die mm -hmm. i might i might explode <laughs> It's a very creative thought mm -hmm. for a synthetic to have too. That's mm -hmm. what's going on in Martha's brain. Like, oh, that was that was creative. Interesting. Mm. I think out loud takes us, well, wouldn't you feel like exploding if you accidentally hurt someone you cared about? That would suck. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Unless like unless it wasn't lethal and they had it coming. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Accidental someone you cared about didn't deserve it, right? You'd feel bad. Yeah. Oh no, I'm, I mean on purpose too though. Oh, you'd feel like exploding if it was on purpose? No, I, I mean, unless it was, unless they had it coming and it wasn't lethal. I think we agree. Yeah, I think I'm, we're saying the same yeah. thing. I'm surrounded by Sounds Marines. Good. We should probably, uh, we should probably Head get to our, to our meetings. And yeah. Let's talk of exploding. It's making me nervous. <laughs> okay. Taking the trays up, you manage to pile them up. It, because station staff is mostly consistent of uh, mechanics, security, and a lot of medical staff and personnel, as well as uh, just standard station staff of like pilots and whatnot, there is no designated kitchen staff right now currently on Beacon. That is incoming, but what it means is people rotate who's got dishes who's got chores to do for the entire station yeah, who's on kp um, this week yeah. mm -hmm, exactly so whoever is going to be doing that this week thankfully y'all are not up for another couple of weeks uh so you pile up the uh trays near one of the young kids that's uh one of the like the young doctors that's joined up at the beacon staff everyone kind of tossing his hair a little bit as he smiles at people as they walk by it's become something of a, a ritual to taunt the person who has the duty this week and moving on you just pile and pile of trays and food being emptied out anything that's left over the station looks dramatically different than it did when we last left it it is well lit. The corridors have fully functioning lights that do not flicker. There are no puddles on the floor. The water tanks are completely full. The reclamation is working perfectly. The air scrubbers are also working perfectly. There is no stale air. And the life support deck has been thoroughly cleaned and sanitized. Lots of unfortunate things left behind down there. However, there is also talk that now that it is being cleaned and sanitized, that on one of the next runs, there's discussion about possibly bringing back enough fertile soil to possibly begin where it was left off and maybe grow some things here on the station. Discussion about how that it would be done has already begun, and there's a lot of innovative scientists and 
people who are very familiar with this kind of uh, not I wouldn't say you have any botanists just yet. There's no Mark Watney's running around the station, but there is a, a genuine interest in getting the life support deck actually becoming something of a large garden for the station. When you step into the lift, it takes you up to the director's office. When you step off the lift, each of you almost runs right into uh, Baker, <laughs> who is in the middle of, looks like he's coming up one of the maintenance ladders and just closes the shaft, kind of <clears throat> brings this huge metal door and <clears throat> closes it down as he sees all of y'all stepping off the lift and he just goes, <sighs> you're here for the meeting then. Yeah. You? Yep, nope. Here to, here to be involved. Just follow me. You see him unclasp a utility belt from around his waist as the Exo slings it over his shoulder. He starts rubbing his hands a little bit as you walk towards the large double doors. Um, approaching it, he presses down on that rather retro-looking control panel that has the thick plastic keys, taps a couple of commands, and says, Director, we're here for the meeting. Before he does that, can yeah. I... We're walking over. Can I have asked? So, where are you coming from this early in the morning? Well, I had work to do on some of the maintenance tunnels. What kind of work? Uh, rewiring. Almost all everything we're doing right now, it's all rewiring. Hmm. Did things get unwired somehow? No, it's just. I have a feeling when the Sikhs and staff realized they were clearing out of the station, they didn't do much to correct some of the long overdue maintenance that they should have been doing all along. So uh, their mess is now my mess. And some of these wires have been just sitting unmaintenanced. <laughs> this whole station has been sitting unmaintenanced for the past 14 years, practically. So lots mm. to do. Lots to do. Hmm. Hey, you ever want to well, help? Well, I'm sure that I, I was going to say, yeah, you know, like I'm not just a punchy girl. I also do a lot of computer things. So I'd be happy to help with any of that because that helps me in the long run with getting the comms relays back up and running. The door is open and she just looks at you and says, yeah, you're a, you're a comm tech, Marina, aren't you? Yep. Oh, man, you should be heading on repair teams. I'm happy to help out however I can. Well. All will be made clear soon enough, but I don't think it's in your future right now. And he steps into the room. <laughs> okay. Oh, the large... I it there. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he goes ominous. <laughs> we walk in. So, ominous. the director's quarters have been cleaned up considerably, and they look, for the, for the most part, they are sparse, but it looks like she has made it work, and that should not surprise anybody. Considering that she, you know for a fact that the director was based out of Weyland Yutani's headquarters in Tokyo. And it looks like she has put her aesthetic of appreciating the minimalistic lifestyle to a beautiful result. Because even though there is not much in her quarters, it is spacious and seems relaxing. There is a sofa, a bed, a lay, an area, but the, also the, the big part, of course, that it kind of grabs everyone's attention is the large wall that is simply a window looking out into the beautiful cosmos on the other side of it. It's one of the largest windows on the station. Um, she is currently pacing back and forth with what looks like a stack of papers in her hand and she's just flipping through it. There's somebody else in here too, a gentleman that you see. Um, she acknowledges all of you as you walk in 
and spots you looking over at uh, the gentleman next to her. Um, and she glances over at him and then looks back at you and she sets the papers down and she says, come on in. Everybody come in, please. Come in, have a seat. Everyone's had coffee, I take it? Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, metaphorically, yeah. This is Jackson O'Donnell. I've asked him here to join us and he has about as much of a clue as what he's doing here as you all do. Jackson, the gentleman that she is pointing at, uh, purses his lips, gives a quick, friendly wave. He's a light-skinned man in his early 30s. He has a pile of slightly messy, dirty blonde hair that falls slightly to the left with a taper fade on each side. He seems to be fit with a wiry build and smile lines on his angular face, noticeably different from the heavy cargo pants and standard beacon t-shirt that most of the station staff wears is the heavy worn brown leather flight jacket he wears, which sleeves are completely covered in old patches depicting ships and places. He takes a seat on the sofa, just nods to everyone, but doesn't say much. The XO takes position across, uh, sitting on the sofa that's across from the main table. It's very much sort of like a presidential setup where there is a, what looks like a small, rather scuffed up looking metal table in the dead center of this room and two old repaired sofas made out of some kind of synthetic leather that is looking across from each other. Everyone's taking their seats. She pulls out some papers and flips through it again and clips it, hands it over to the XO. The XO nods and looks at it and he says, yeah, I'll get on that right away. Do you need me here for this? And she says, you should stick around. I might need you to answer some questions. All right. Well, good morning. Let me go ahead and get right to the reason you're all here. Beacon is currently operating at 75%, and in my view, that's enough. In the past few weeks, I've been allocating a few of our resources to making sure that at least one of our vessels will be up and running when I need it to be, and it is. So I'm giving you all a ship. I'm making you all a crew. Out of what? She cocks her head and says, Out of what? Out of us. If that's what will help Beacon. Beacon doesn't function unless we're helping the colonies. And for a freaking month, you note the use of freaking instead of fucking. <laughs> um, Character growth. <laughs> yeah, she says, for a freaking month, we haven't helped anyone except ourselves because we've needed that time. So... We have an operating ship. It is fully functional. It is the only ship currently that is fully functional. And so I'm going to start initiating what we were put out here to do. We have been getting a backlog of transmissions of people waiting for us to respond to them. I have a waiting line of people who are asking for help. And I received word this morning. She looks very irritated when she says this. that we can look forward to some reporters living on station monitoring how we're doing, which could be very good for us or very, very bad for us. I'm not going to ask any of you here to ever lie for Beacon, but 
I will remind you that for the safety and continuance of Beacon, each of you, with the exception of Isaac, has signed an NDA. So, if a reporter asks you critical questions about supply or anything like that, direct them to me. Saves me the hassle of talking to a reporter. More than happy to. That's what I'm here for. So, you're going to be given that one. She points out the window. You see, just above the lip of the bottom part of the window, there is what looks like a ship, but it's hard to see from where you are in the sitting position, but she continues rolling along. I'm giving you the Ilios. Ilios is an old M-Class CM-88G bison. It was originally owned by Weyland yutani It's been in operation for much longer than it should be, I'm sure. But it has been given the once-over, and I'm assured everything is fine. She looks over at the XO, and the XO just nods. Nope, she flies. She'll be fine. Planet full ready and everything. Fully operational. The other ships need a little more work, but the Ilios is ready to go. Anyway, she looks back at everybody else and says, Unfortunately, this ship is as dated as it looks. The Ilios is old, and it has not been overhauled for its new purpose, so it still functions like it's a towing vessel. But for now, at least, it's going to be the arm of Beacon. We're going to be using this to transport things from A to B, including yourselves, to help some of the colonies on the frontier. And we already have a list. So we're going to start with one at a time and pace ourselves. Also, the Ilios, as I said, is outdated. It does have a mother AI system on board, which is fully functional, but it is the 6500 series. So unfortunately, you're going to have to make do with... Uh, what did they call that? Old school. Old school, right. So, I'm going to leave it to all of you to decide who the hell you wish your captain to be. That's not important to me, but I want some organization, and I want to make sure that all of you are operating in a cohesive unit. We only have a few of these ships, and you've all proven yourselves to be willing to take the risks and do the work. So I'm trusting you all. How's that? Did I do all right? And he just smiles at her and nods. She says, do you have any questions? Who's that? Yeah, that was my question. Yeah, that was also my question. Hmm. Who's, who's, are you, you pointing to Jackson? Um, I'm at least looking at him. Uh, it's rude to point. Uh, I believe I'm your pilot. I think I'm your pilot. Is that, that's why I'm guessing you're including me on this meeting? That's correct. You're the pilot. Need one of those. Yep. I guess I'm your pilot. Hello. Like Finch, nice to meet you. She's going to, like, reach oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, of course, yeah, no. He reaches over and shakes your hand, Tig, and says, uh, Jackson, uh, O'Donnell if you want, but which, whichever. Jax, if you want for short. Yep. Tig or Finch. I'll answer either. Tig, Tig's good. Uh, uh, you, you ever crash, son? I've been in a crash. I've never crashed a ship. Oh, well, that, that's comforted. Thank you. How, how many years of experience you got uh, as a pilot? Are 
you interviewing me right now? I just I I'm I'm weary. I usually have my own personal drivers and pilots. I I really it's, it's a thing to have a, a stranger. Sure. Tig leans over to Martha sure. and says, "He sounds like a dad interviewing his daughter's high school prom date." <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I can't look away. And she's just watching, watching the dog grill, very gently grill the stranger. <laughs> he says, I have a license, and I mean, no offense, director, but if this tight-ass former exec is giving me the helm of one of the few starships that she has, it probably means I'm trustworthy. Uh, I suppose you have myself a point. The, the XO just goes... <laughs> And it also offers me the opportunity of getting him off station. She looks over at him. Well, now that, that brings the concern back that I was just alleviated by what you said. Um, but that's, it's fine. I'm sure this whole thing is fine. Um, we, we, we've already, we, we've got the logistics and everything already taken care of. We know where we're going, how long we're going to be there, and if we have the means to come back safely, right? That's all been taken care of. I can answer those questions, the director says. She hands everybody what looks like uh, some readouts and some, like, crude... It looks like the paper that she's got is probably being reused again and again and again. <laughs> so she hands out these printouts to each of you that gives you a manifest. She says, the colony you're going to be going to is in the Lalande La system. 4825. The colony is HU483, or for easier parlance, the colony's name is Paxton's Breach. Uh, excuse me. Reach. You need to learn how to write. And she holds up one of the papers to the XO, and he takes it and looks at it and says, that's an R, and hands it back. She just dismisses it and turns to the rest of you and says, it's a mining colony, formerly, well, no, currently, I should say, owned by Wayland yutani but they have been without help for a number of years, ever since the Frontier War and then, of course, the Colony War. They've been putting out an SOS for some time now. Thankfully, nothing too drastic, but they need parts and they need medicine and they need everything that we supply. Judging by all of the cries of help that I'm getting, I've had to make some pretty draconian calls. I've had to prioritize certain needs over the others and they currently have ranked at the top of my list as in the most need it also doesn't hurt that they are a colony owned by my former employer full transparency Wayland yutani funds beacon and until we can find other means of income to support us after our two-year funding spree is over it's good for us to look like we're making nice with our investors. Right. Um, can I just ask, how many uh, SOSs have you gotten? She looks hesitant and immediately Baker says 607. Jeez. Oh, uh, most and how many most of, them of them are? How many of them are? Are like associated with Wayland Yutani? He looks down to the director for that answer and she she says, honestly, I don't know. 
How many have been flagged as dire? Again, she looks hesitant, but this time, before Baker has a chance to say anything, she pipes up and says, over 107 so far, and I suspect there'll be more as we go through them. We've got work to do then. She nods and she says, at least one colony has stopped transmitting. So I've put out a call to find out what the nature of that is. This is a job for the Colonial Marines, so they'll probably most likely send a patrol craft to understand what happened and if there's anything we can do to help. But for now, all you have to focus on is Paxton's reach and getting the Ilios spun up and out of here. She's already being supplied as we speak. I just, I just got one question, or actually, I, I, I lied. I have, I have two. Um, the first question is, um, do, is there a medical facility in in the Ilios? Where, where am I gonna be able to do some work for these people? Let me double check. There is a medical facility on the Ilios. In fact, you're gonna be very happy with this, Doc. Uh, asking that question, you see, uh, uh, she looks rather pleased to say, yes, I'm happy to say, the Ilios has a med lab. It's a med lab that is expansive enough that should be able to accommodate not only the crew, but anybody you may need to bring on board. And for mechanical reference, it has a uh, rank two med lab. Uh. For further reference, and I'm sorry to, to give you all the, the creeps here, but for further reference, the CM-88G Bison is essentially the Nostromo. It is the exact same vessel that they flew in the original Alien film. So the med lab you see in that film is pretty much what you are going to be. The, the Bison is kind of the workhorse of the Weyland-Yutani fleet and others as well. It is a, they are, as somebody in chat said, giant space buses that are used quite often by a lot of companies. But they are old by now. This bison in particular has probably been in service for almost 40 years. Well, old ship. At least no more overturned lunch tables. <laughs> I can I mean, say fitting to call it a bus because that's what People call it, you call an ambulance a bus sometimes for shorthand, so it's our space bus. Um, I, and, and, now, and now my second question is, we've mm. had several hundred SOS calls. Have, has there been any sort of message as to what the threat is? You mean you want to know what it is that Paxton's Reach is in need of? Uh, yes, I, I, I want to know how what's caused things to get so bad. Well, they haven't had resupplies in about four years. And out here on the frontier, that can make or break a colony. Plus, according to some of the message we've received from Paxton's Reach, they were one of the many colonies that was hit during the colony wars. Thankfully... They had very few fatalities, but it would appear that they have been without medical supplies for over nine months. They're also in severe need for technical supplies and repair. The colony itself is a mining facility. Very dangerous work. It's 
shocking, frankly, to me. And this is notable when she says this is the Wayland Utani, former Wayland Utani executive, leans back and she says, It's shocking to me that they have not been prioritized being a mining facility. Hmm. Why not? Because Isaac Wayland Utani, their owners, put a high premium on any mining facilities that are done out here on the frontier for raw materials to be shipped back to Earth. They are a financial concern. Then why are they neglected? She nods like she's wondering the same thing, Isaac. She just... Hmm. But that's not for us to know. We're here to help the people. Wayland and Yutani can worry about the rest. If you are able to help them install and repair machinery, that is also part of our... Well, our portfolio, really. Many of you were brought on to Beacon so that you could help the colonies wherever they need it. So, if they need help repairing, then help them repair. Ma'am, I just have a couple more questions. Um, do we know how many people are living at Paxton's Reach in the colony? Well, last data input, and that's when Jack speaks up immediately and goes, says 900. And she says, it says 900, but I don't think it's 900 anymore. Hmm. Okay. And then I'm going to look down at because she gave us a crew manifest, right, for our ship? Yeah, it's basically, it's you guys <laughs> with uh, O'Donnell being listed as the pilot. But it does, the only person that has been definitively given a role is the doc and Isaac. Those are the only two people. You two are just listed as crew members. Okay. So Isaac is like engineer? Isaac is engineer. Okay. I'm the Isaac. Okay. Yep. Well, <clears throat> I, I think uh, we were given the assignment of picking who's going to be the captain of this this whole thing, and uh, I can tell you, uh, it's never it's never a bad. Bet. I vote Doc. Oh, oh no! I, I was gonna say it's never a bad bet to bet on a, a marine. I, 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 I don't have any sort of courage under fire. I, I put people together. I'm, I'm no good at, at taking anything apart. That's I can't, a skill of being a leader. I, 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 I can't I even Dr. take Albright. the batteries out I of my Dr. remote. I vote Doctor Albright. I, <laughs> Uh, okay, I vote Dr. Albright too. Jack's racist. What? What? what, what <laughs> this is this is taking quite the turn. Um. Uh, I mean, if 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 that's if that's what everybody will, I just if if we if we get to a combat scenario, I. I All right, we fine. We don't have to pick right now. It's okay. The director yeah, pops is. in. Nope, that's fine. I need some kind of thing on my paper, and I'm going to list you as captain, Doctor Albright. <laughs> oh, okay. Like <laughs> you can see, like there's no ability to have conflict at all. <laughs> done and done. Taylor's absolutely delighted. <laughs> uh. O'Donnell just looks like, I have no idea what I just did. <laughs> He's just kind of like, all right, that's settled then. Mm. All right. Uh, we sh I think at some point we should see the darn thing, right? <laughs> yeah, when do, I get to, uh, when do I get to see the ship? The director says, you can go over there right now if you want. Get settled in. Bring your things. 
You're going to be leaving tomorrow morning, so take your time if you need to get things over there. And let me just say this. This is your forced run. So... A lot of what we do here is going to hinge on your success and how this is perceived. So make nice, impress people, and maybe I'll throw in a bonus when you get back. We're very impressive, Director. Almost as impressive as your cat. Uh, now's not the time for that. All right. No, I second that too, actually, yeah. There's one more thing I just want to add to what she said. <laughs> you gotta stop it's... seconding things. <laughs> I'm just going to add that this is going to be your first time out. It's going to feel weird for some of you. Awkward. Because you're going to have a lot of freedom to do what it is that we've brought you on to do. You were hired by Beacon because each one of you is an expert in your own field. You're particularly skilled at what it is you do. We are counting on you to use those skills to represent Beacon and to try to help people out here. So, if it feels a little slapdash to you, welcome to Beacon. We trust you. Go help folks. Come back. Stay in contact when you can. There's going to be a delay. This colony is too sectors away so it's going to take you a little bit of time to get there all right well let's go ahead how long is that in hypersleep the crew uh so according to the readouts the elios has what looks like a rating on its ftl of 12 so this is not going to take a full two sectors. It looks like, uh, actually, I can send you guys the map here in a second, but uh, the map that leads to Paxton's Reach looks like it is a sector and a half away. So an estimated arrival time of about 15 days in hypersleep. Okay, that's not too bad. Do you have any concerns, Isaac, that we should know about? All right. She looks around and she says, I don't know how to wrap up these fucking meetings. I'm used to talking to execs. But go out there and help people. That's what we're all about. You already know how to do that. It's just do it without supervision. Sounds all right. good. Yes, ma'am. So, sounds great. Um, let's Let's go look at our ship, everybody. If you will refer to our Players and GM channel in the Discord, you will see that I just posted, not only did I post our campaign map, but I'm also posting you blueprints to the Elios. Ooh, I spelled that so wrong in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so cool. Um, I'm happy to make these available to our coffee supporters as well. These will be going up on the coffee page. 
Um, I do not claim original ownership over these graphics. They are modified. Uh, the map is the Aliens graphic that is available to us on through the core book. The Elios is actually a custom-made. Uh, you can actually see, thankfully, it is credited at the top of the graphic. But this is originally the Nostromo. I simply just retailored it so that it functions for y'all's ship. But you'll have a good visual of the four decks that are on the Elios and which each room is, where everyone is, everything is located that kind of thing which dark corner not to go into down in the pipes <laughs> when you hear strange noises and hissing coming from the vents um all of them you go into all of them <laughs> i'm proud of you sam <laughs> no isaac sam yeah, wants isaac. to just just curl up and go right home <laughs> but i'm play andros can't get stressed andros can't get stressed andros can't get stressed so with that she you can see uh, the director looks like she's keeping cool, but you can see there is a little bit of, she looks stressed, a little strained, which has been kind of her MO the past month. But she puts on her glasses and she says, all right, that'll be it. I'll see you before you will leave tomorrow. You can go. Right. I'm making a beeline to the, uh, he's just excited for a medical facility that doesn't have like, tables and flipped everywhere so he's making a beeline for it okay all right okay. so when you all get back into the lift and it starts going further and further down obviously uh one of the things that you've noticed is when you when you re-enter the lift itself each one of you reached for the same button which is the main concourse the main concourse being the main airlock area where a lot of the umbilicals have been extended to attach to some of the docked vessels. Uh, one of them, of course, being the Ilios. And when O'Donnell notices that all of you are headed down to the same level as he, he just nods and says, yeah, I want to take a look at her. I'm really excited about this. I don't think I've ever flown a bison before. No, I did fly a bison. Oh, but that doesn't count, though. I don't think that counts. That was a simulator. Why, do, why doesn't it count? It was a simulator. It doesn't count. So what ships have you flown, then? Oh, I've flown a couple. Most of them are smaller craft. A lot of I've flown a couple of smaller than this. So it's like the difference between a CDL and a standard driver's license. Is what you're saying? Hmm. Somewhat. It's a bit of an older ship, but I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm sure I'll be fine. Look, the good news, Doc, is honestly. Any ship this big, if we do crash, there's probably like a 0.5% chance you'll live, which is higher than most ships. I want to willingly give Doc a point of stress. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, um, that's, that's great. He smirks and says, hey, let me ask you something. Do you have, do you honestly, no teasing, honestly, do you have a fear of space travel that I should be aware of? I, no, I'm, no, I, no, 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 I don't have a fear of space travel. Uh, I just usually when I do any sort of traveling via, via a car, uh, airplane or space, I usually have uh, my drivers well vetted. Uh, I usually oh. travel by private uh, arrangements. You have a chauffeur. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. 
and you're the captain. Yep. I did not choose it. <laughs> okay. I did. Uh, please do not make me regret that vote. You won't. Look, Just wait till you get to know him. He's great. Yeah, your actions have consequences, son. Yeah. <laughs> the lift reaches the cargo deck, or the, uh, the concourse it just whoosh, it slides open a couple of beacon staff walk by a couple of step into the into the lift itself as you all begin to filter out and if unless you're all unless you have somewhere specific to go one by one i'm guessing you're all going as a group over to the Elios. is that correct mm-hmm. you literally have no duties until you depart so I... <laughs> you've got a rare day off <laughs> i can do it after it's okay if the rest of the crew is going. Okay. It seems like a group activity. Um, I'll I I will lean over to Martha. You didn't want to be the captain, did you? Not particularly. I think the director was so quick about it, uh, because she doesn't like Marines. Yeah, I kind of get that vibe from her, like, since day one. She did say you're the Marine with a lot of disgust. Yeah. You remember that, too? Yes. Perfectly. Of course. I met you that day. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I didn't want to be the captain. I'd rather just stay in my lane. You know, I'm happy to help with security, but I'm a comm tech, and that's what I'd like to focus on. Making sure we can talk to people in space. And, of course, I can do some first aid here and there, too. Really? What kind of first aid do you do? Mostly, it's like field (laughs) combat stuff. Like, I can patch up a scraped knee or a cut. I can tourniquet something if I need to. I didn't realize there were scraped knees in combat. Sometimes. You'd be surprised how often, actually. Stub toes, too. Now, you know. But we won't be in combat, so there won't be any scraped knees. Yeah, let's hope so. That's all I got. <laughs> the airlock attachment, the umbilical that leads you into the airlock of the Elios, gives you another snapshot of how old the beacon station is. You can still see the Zambezi logo with Siegsen on some of the equipment that leads over from the airlock you were leaving to the airlock you were entering. But once you get on board the Elios and step down onto the deck plates for the very first time, you see a ship that is largely running on minimal power right now, mostly because it's in standby. But you step into a dark corridor with distant fluorescent, uh, fluorescent colored lights gleaming that's illuminating parts of the Elios. It is a dark house, as it were, the moment you enter into the airlock. You can hear the ambient rumble of the engine that is in standby mode. But you can also see signs that people have been coming and going here 
pretty much all day. You see a couple of boxes and crates and tool sets that have been set up in the hallways, and it looks like last-minute preparations of people who are like, put down their put down their tools, went to get lunch, are coming back soon, kind of thing. You can in the distance hear the occasional like call out of of somebody speaking to somebody else as the ship is being prepared. And yeah, Donald steps on board and goes, "Oh man, this belongs in a museum." Wow, she's a nice little relic here. It's cool though. Look at this. Kind of nostalgic, right? Yeah. Is that is that so old, right? Nope, this is old. I'm guessing 40 to 50 years. He runs his hands along the side of the wall. You can see some of the insulation padding, and he's just kind of thut, pat, pat. You see some dust, question mark, come off and filter into the air scrubbers the moment he does that and goes, oh, man, yeah, no. Waylon Utani doesn't give a shit about us. Flying with history to protect the future, something, something, something. Hey. Somebody tell me the average lifespan of a spaceship. Uh, if it's maintenance... If it's maintenance upkept and occasionally upgraded, a couple of hundred years, I would imagine. Oh, see, this is only forty, so that's that's good. That's, that's we're riding we're riding the the meat the meat of the ship's life is what is what I I hear from that. Hey, I'm gonna tell you a secret. O'Donnell puts his arm around you, Doc, and he looks at you and says, "I used to be scared of flying. You know what helped me get over it." What? Nobody drops money like this unless they know it's going to work. I am unfathomably rich, and I know that that is not true. <laughs> he st- you? You're rich? Well, I, I was. It's, it's a long story. I, I just... After a certain point, after you acquire a certain amount, you just stop caring. Yeah, I mean, that tracks from what I've seen. Hmm. All right. And taking initiative, he, O'Donnell, begins to walk down the corridor and into the main area. I want to, like, left and disappears. (laughs) What do you want to do? As we're walking, I just kind of want to like, I want to elbow Reg and just be like, hey, we're yeah. impressive, right? Yeah. We're you trust the crew? Well, I, see, I, I know the crew. I don't know about that fella. And that's the one that's going to be. Well, he's not uh, upkeeping the ship. Yeah, but you got, you got You got Isaac and Martha? You doubt their skills? I, 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 never in a million years. Never. Not once. Well, ship's only as good as its crew, so gotta have faith in the ship because you have faith in the crew right i i just i i guess i got i just gotta have a couple of coffees with 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 our pilot yeah. well okay yes might not be great for the very frayed nerves that i'm do I, seeing do I sparking seem anxious is it showing i thought i was sparkler yeah just completely show oh, yeah yeah i thought it's i was so on edge you are well so tight right now doc oh my god oh okay i'm i'm i usually try to exude chill which is uh, why you're gonna make him a great captain have you ever like experienced chill 
Oh, I mean, I, I, I was retired for a good four months before I decided to go and, and do this. And I, let me tell you, those four months didn't move, not, not a muscle. Just, yeah, just get, get that little, get that headspace. You'll be good. You'll be sleeping through most of the travel anyways. You won't even, you won't even have to be, you won't even have to have time to be anxious. It's good. Honestly, be I will be in charge of the ship for more time in this trip. Yeah. Do, do you have something to do while we're all asleep? I, I hate to think of you all by yourself just sitting. I'm going to be spending most of today getting books from the crew. Oh, that's If they finished them. That's good. You get, you get yourself something to read. I, I, I'll, I'll write down some recommendations. Yes, please. I would really, really, really like to have books for this trip. I, I'm a big fan of Alexander Dumas, Count of Monte Cristo, the man of the Iron Mask, and the Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. You'll love it. Um, question to uh, Eric. Mm-hmm. How long is a, a turn? Uh, so curious thing about alien and indeed a lot of the free league games is that it doesn't actually it they're not actually as rigid about how long a turn takes okay. um but it is typically in that same time frame of like five to five to eight seconds kind of okay yeah. uh, and i'm assuming this is a safe place yes that would be safe to assume i would like to offer to dr edge you can take it if you would like uh uh, I, via friendly banter, can drop your stress level um, of myself and everyone within short range of me by two steps every turn spent in a safe place. Um, uh-huh. Wait, steps do- are required? <laughs> Unfortunately. This is why I don't have that mechanic in it. That's because you don't worry about it. How- it was built in. You don't even have to we, worry about it. We made the game accessible by <laughs> by making the wheeler <laughs> synthetic. <laughs> So you, if you if you would like Reg to still be stressed, I will not be offended. If you would like to I, not take that, I would understand as a narrative. But uh, uh, Tig would like to tease you, razz you a little into maybe taking an edge off now that the the source of your stress, the person who seemed to be have been frazzling you, is no longer in, in the mm-hmm. room. Yeah, uh, I I think I think I think Tig has successfully got him talking about his previous life, and that is where the chill is That's coming from. Just, yeah, I. I <laughs> I've got I've got a couple of I got a condo in in the West Hills and I just sat there and I just watched real old television. I have a moo moo. I just put on my moo moo, my little slippers. Didn't do a thing. God, that sounds nice. Uh. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. I want to lick the ship. I want to look around. Checking out the ship? Everything. Yeah, I want to check out the ship. Ilios is a very large ship. Indeed, Space Bus is probably accurate, but it is a big ship. Four decks. The bridge is large and spacious. It has two seats, one for navigation, uh, one for monitoring uh, communications. It's the, it is essentially it's the Nostromo. You've seen it. Um, it is a very large space with long corridors that uh, occasionally to save power to always keep power on reserves they only light up when people walk through them otherwise the corridors go back to being dark um you also (laughs) notice that the dock you will find a very nice looking sick bay nicer currently this med lab is nicer than the one dr khan has on beacon 
it's not as big, but it's certainly expansive, and it has all. It's fully equipped when you arrive. Has medical. It has all the medical supplies you need, but it also has what looks like to be a, a chart that gives you a full listing of what cargo the ship is carrying that is medical supplies. And it looks like you, in particular, being the doctor of the ship, has full authorization over which medical supplies supplies to distribute where and when as part of the station staff. Um, anybody else who explores the station, uh, rather, um, uh, the Ilios, will find uh, a, there's a workshop down below. Isaac, you managed to find yourself what looks like looks like it's on, I believe it's on B-Deck. But there is a workshop uh, that is specifically designed for the engineers. I think it's just underneath the bridge, actually. Instrument bay instrumentation bray where you can monitor and keep track of all the ship systems that's probably where uh martha is going to be operating a lot of time when she needs to below the instrument bay on uh sea deck is actually the maintenance bay which is near the cooling cylinders the airlock the lift complex the hangar the lower end. the electrical engineering is all on sea deck like the lower you go into the ship the more you get into the guts of the ftl drive and the whole bit um the this is <laughs> Y'all have a big ship all to yourselves. This was designed for long hauls of cargo and towing of large ships like ships like the Bison can tow space stations. They are designed to move very large objects in space. Uh, as for such a small crew, y'all have a very big space open to all of you. So uh, space bus indeed, big ship for the five of you. And you will find O'Donnell on the bridge with his foot kicked up onto the uh, onto the flight controls. He, he has just flipping through some of the mana, some of the it doesn't look like it looks like it's an old manifest, but he's flipping through what looks like old flight papers and just kind of, OK, <laughs> I guess it's a flight manual. And he tosses it aside and he boots up the computer. He glances over at you, Isaac, and says, go ahead. Isaac, I'm writing can... it down in my character sheet right okay. now. You like, pick it up. It Isaac is with look... that like character sheet item feeling uh, that Isaac obtains this object. Isaac, O'Donnell glances over at you and he runs his hands through his hair for a second and looks at you thoughtfully without saying anything before he finally says, you're the company synthetic, right? You're the synthetic for Beacon? No. That's Joe. I don't know Joe. W which one are you then? Who are you? What are you? I'm Isaac. But what do you do? Lift heavy things. Stay awake. Who's el who else is on the bridge? I'll be here. Okay. Yeah, he glances I would have just back followed, but uh, yeah. Okay. So that the two he glances back over his shoulder and says, Is is Isaac the company synthetic? I don't know what you mean by company synthetic and they're standing right there and they answered you. They is 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 everyone just playing dumb right now or what? No. What do you mean? Is Isaac the company synthetic? I did get an answer from Isaac. Hi Isaac, nice to meet you. But Hello. I don't think that was an accurate answer so i'm asking you two how will we know 
If Isaac doesn't know, according to you. What the fuck? And he swivels back in his chair. <laughs> I look at Tig. What? New guy. New guy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he starts going through the... He starts going through like a flight checklist of just like switching on things. Uh, I'm definitely going to check the bridge out for computer things. See what okay. kind of system we're running on. There's a flight oh. manual. Lovely. First book in your library for the flight for the trip. Nice. Yeah, what am I seeing in terms of the instrumentation in the bridge? Yeah, I mean, it looks like the Elios is fully functional. Looks like all of our systems are online. Computers seem to be working just fine. They do look dated. You can already tell mm. the, it does, in fact, run on a Mother 6500 uh, AI. So this is an old AI. There is a Mother Core on here. But whoever has been elected captain is going to be the only one who has access to it. Unless the captain wants to hand out the access Codes. card to somebody else, which is totally captain's prerogative but the mother the only way to interact with mother is actually by accessing the mother mainframe which is located adjacent to the bridge mm -hmm. about 75 feet away from you around a corner and into one of the nearby hallways the room eric is currently in <laughs> as we speak uh -huh. the, doc, the doc is just decorating the mid lab with mm -hmm. like a with the, he's like custom drawing a pain chart with the, like the smiley face that gets angrier. Oh, <laughs> so much! Just, just a simple country doctor <laughs> in space. All right. Oh, question, Eric. Um, yeah. So, just for I'm tr just placing age of things. The alien movie was Mother Six Thousand. We got at the at Beacon. Our things had Mother Seven Thousand, but it was considered very outdated the okay so the beacon station has a mother 7000 series ai yes. the mother 7000 series is a an updated ai that actually has the ability to uh converse mm -hmm. verbally with anybody who is giving the mother uh any kind of mm -hmm. commands or asking the mother for anything like that but it is not very advanced it does have updated yeah. skill sets and whatnot but it is not considered a very advanced ai and it doesn't have as much capacity as say like the Covenant, which had a very advanced mother system. Yes. The 6500 is basically the mother system that they had on the Stromo. Okay. So just, what you see little, behind me. It's a little me, bit more than the, than the movie, but also not as good as what we've been using. That's correct. Yeah. Beacon. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sweet. Yeah. It essentially uses the exact same, like you see in my background. It is, you go into the server room to actually interact with the mother. And she does not respond to verbal you can't communicate with her verbally you have to literally talk to her via keyboard inside the uh mainframe no alexa rules here on the ship nope <laughs> yeah so with that y'all with everything underway you begin to familiarize yourselves with the new home and your new pilot and getting kind of situated knowing that you're leaving tomorrow to help a colony that's been calling out for help for months and months and months that is where we are going to pause for our break. And when we come back, the Ilios will be departing Beacon and heading out into deep space across the boundary lines of the United Americas and into the frontier. As you will note on the map that I gave you, Paxton's Reach is actually located closer to the UPP border. So you're going deep, far beyond where most people of the United Americas travel. We will be back in 10 minutes, y'all. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to Beacon, everyone. We're going to jump right back into our story tonight. But before we do, I'd like to figure out um, who won our giveaway. Did we already get a winner? I actually forgot to ask before we went live. Did we have a winner, Jake? Did we get that? Gemini, Gemini. Lightning has won Gemini the Lightning. giveaway. Gemini Lightning won the giveaway. Congratulations, Gemini Lightning. I hope you enjoy. I think you'll find that the Alien Nexus is brilliant. It's so helpful. Things are hyperlinked. They take you to exactly where you need to go. You just click on them and it'll just immediately bring it up. It's fantastic. Um, they're going to be coming out with a few of the new books pretty soon, y'all. So Colonial Marines and Heart of Darkness will be coming out very soon. I cannot wait for the Colonial Marines one to come out. That one's going to be good. Um, all right. So without any further ado, unless you all have any requests or anything you would like to do, we can jump to the next day. How much contact do we have with Off Base? at all like can we like can you like send a letter essentially mm -hmm. the equivalent yeah of? oh yeah you can send messages all you want okay mm -hmm. yeah i would i would just send like a an update okay back home yeah i will tell you that out here near the frontier uh it takes probably about a week for the message okay. to get back uh unless you have a lot of money and are willing <laughs> to pay exorbitant fees no um, i think she does this all the time i think she sent probably sent one when she got to Beacon and now is going to mm -hmm. send one with an update. Okay, leaving Beacon, just kind of like like up, yeah. update location. So um, largely the way communications works across the vast expanses of space that are out here in the alien universe, typically sending messages uh, take days to weeks to get to where they need to go through the network, unless you have a lot of money or you are tapped into the corporate networks, in which case, in some cases, the communications are almost real time, no matter where you are. So if you're a Weyland Yutani executive talking to somebody on the frontier, you could probably real time it through your connections to the network. Good times. All right. Um, I, I also, before mm -hmm. we go, yeah. a couple things would like to. Um, so I've spent the past month helping reconstruct things. I'm thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And how, what is my take on the status of the the computers and the like, the communications? and things like that on the station uh, on the station itself mm -hmm. beacon seems to have very rudimentary standard station fare um the one room that you have not gotten a chance to see is the flight control uh, center okay. which is the very top of the tower it is apparently being operated by one young man who you have all seen a few times but have not really gotten a chance to be formally introduced to just yet he is name is julio villalobos He's a 29-year-old, funny, energetic, loud traffic controller, and he hasn't had a lot to do except for blast music and maintenance the computers by himself. Because none of the ships are leaving Beacon, he's only had to coordinate the ships that are arriving with shipments. But he is communications on Beacon, and he is flight control. Okay, cool. Gaining, then... access, gaining access to that room has not no one no one without the proper authorization has been allowed up there mm -hmm. but from what you've been able to tell martha beacon seems to have a pretty updated and usable communications network okay um i would also like to send out another message okay since the last one i sent encrypted okay. mm -hmm. and i'm sending you the text of that okay slipping notes at the table where are you sending that? Um, same place. Okay. Discord. Gotcha. Uh, sorry, about? Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know. 
you know. Oh, okay. Anyway. Okay, give me a moment. Oh, read this. here's the next one. Yeah, the, I sent you that one was from before. This is the new one coming okay. down. Hmm. Okay. Cool. And then that's the second one, shorter. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, do me a favor. Make a comms to make a contact check. All right. Now, you should be able to use your equipment for this. Okay. And um, I'm guessing. Do you want me to? If it's a software role for encryption. Um, Would your talent come into play? Yes, because this is definitely software. Something. Yeah. Something yeah. comes into play. Martha, where but are breaching you? breaching or using to go through doors obviously does not. Right, right, right. Yeah. It, I have... Doo, 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 where's my software thing? It's... Yeah, the C... Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Um, okay, and then... Okay, and then using my tools. Okay. Okay, make your roll. Um, oh no. Ooh, I'm gonna push. Cause, <laughs> oh, a point of stress. Is it, um, is it too late to spend a story point for fives to be successes? Uh, yeah. I, I don't allow that after the roll has been made. All it's right. up, you have to declare it beforehand. Yeah, dang. I yeah. rolled two fives. Oh. Uh, mm. But no sixes. I'm gonna push. Yeah. Okay, so you gain a point of stress. Don't forget to include a stress die to the roll now. Oh, okay. Again, one extra die. Make sure it's a different color. And... All right, no stress. I did get one success. Okay. Uh, All right. Wait, ones count as failures, though, right? They do not. Did th nope. Ones don't count they as don't. failures. No. Okay. Only thing Never you mind. need to worry about is rolling a six, unless you roll a one on the stress die. If you roll a one on the stress die, that's different. I actually rolled a success on the stress die. Perfect. Okay. That's one of the All reasons right. why the stress die can be such a boon to you is sometimes you're just so laser focused on being freaked the hell out that you can actually get the job <laughs> done. You just really nice focusing on getting the stuff done. Um, all right. So Martha, you gaining that point of stress, it, it's always stressful when you're doing something covert, but you managed to encrypt the message and send it. And once it's sent and you unplug from your console, you feel relatively certain that it got through undetected. Okay, great. It's going to be a little trickier, though, just so you know, on board the Elios, because the Elios only has a few access ports to Mother, and that's where you have to transmit from. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to have anything. In fact, it's worth noting that none of you have quarters on the Elios. I was wondering about that. Yeah, there is a hypersleep chamber, and then there is an area for hygiene. There is a rest area in that same room, but there is no sleeping quarters. Everyone uses the hypersleep chamber to rest and go to sleep. Interesting. Welcome to Companies Cutting Quarters. <laughs> Why make room for places for you to sleep when that could be room to haul things or for you to work? So hypersleep is pretty much where you guys have to rest. Um, 
you don't have to activate the hypersleep chamber, obviously, when you're going to sleep at night. You probably don't want to do that, but yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> Nightbot seems to think that we're having another giveaway. We're not. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> um, all right. Yes, Sam. Um, so I'm going to go to my friends on the station. Okay. Um, if they have any books uh, that they want to lend me or access to books or other reading and entertainment material. Um, I don't know what, like, if Hassan has anything or if he's going to give me. Um, Isaac defines this fairly expansively because, um, you know, why not check? Mm -hmm. um, so they'll go to Astley and um, to Kaya and just, like, okay, not Amelia. <laughs> Uh, Marani doesn't have any books that she can think of off the top of her head. She's kind of ponders that for a moment and says, uh, let me look in my, uh, get back to me next. I'll, I'll find you before you leave and I'll, I'll bring you something out of my collection. Talking to, talking to Kav Kavalova, though, you were surprised when she hands you a copy of The Wind in the Willows. Um... It does not look like a book you think she... It looks a little... When she hands it to you, you're seeing the cover of what looks like a, a toad, perhaps, in a suit leaning back while it looks like a badger or some other animal is kind of rowing them through a maybe a river. And she just hands that to you and says, you'll love this. Thank you. I look forward to it. Let's see. What does... Let's see if Hassan gives you anything. This is my new trying to food check, isn't it? I just realized. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Hassan gives you a copy of uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Tells you that this was one that was given to me some time ago, and I've been. It's worth reading. You enjoyed it? I did, but I needed to read something happy after it. So maybe after you read this one, read something, I don't know, um, happy. I'll make sure I have a happy one on my list. Thank you. Okay. Uh, You're happy now, though, right? Hassan looks at you and says, of course, yes, of course. No, of course I am. I like my work out here at Beacon. <laughs> That's very nice of you to ask me, Isaac. I appreciate that. That's very nice. Uh, how I are you? I thought I might have hurt your feelings. When? With the arm wrestling? Yes. Nobody expected me to win, and I'm excited to try. One of these days, I might get lucky. Of course, if I ever do beat you, Isaac, I'm going to be worried that something is wrong. I'll be probably asking Martha or someone else to check your your arms or something to find out what happened. Well, you'll never have to worry about that. I'm all right with constances in the universe. He pats you on the shoulder. Especially constants that give me books. You should, uh, you should 
if you can get access to the flight deck, you should talk to Julio. He, when he's not blasting music, he's just reading all the time. I hadn't seen him reading. That's all he does. He has nothing to do up there. He's literally being paid to sit up there with his feet up and stare out into space. He wasn't just staring at the floor under his instrumentation. No, I, I don't know. What are you talking about? What? Uh, Isaac will demonstrate the classic book hidden under the desk method. Oh. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Nope. Thank you for the tip. Mm -hmm. You're going to be the strongest on the station while I'm gone. Except for Joe. But we don't know about Joe yet. Who's Joe? The new Isaac. There's another Isaac? I didn't think the Beacon could afford another Isaac. <laughs> oh, no. So you have Joe. Look out for him. Sure, Isaac. He's and a little unusual. Sure. Pats you on the shoulder and says, and uh, have fun out there. I'll help people. Mm. I'm going to get back to work before Kavalova screams at me. And he... <laughs> big old heavy looking duffel bag up onto her shoulder and says uh, tell everyone else I said good luck and to make us look good I'll see you when you all get back probably be mm, at least a month from now so see you next month see you next month and gives you Looked a warm always and <sighs> makes his way down the corridor past a bunch of beacon employees who are having conversations excellent love it fantastic uh, yeah. Any other stops? No one really has any. You actually hear people going, "I should have brought books," but no one ever actually. Few of the books are digital. Yeah, and... I was. I was not sure what the distribution mm -hmm. would be. My impression is that it's kind of on the bubble of a changeover. Yeah, you get you get you get a couple of digital books. You get a couple of physicals, but of course, it's not made out of real paper. Um, but you do get a few of the digital. Uh, some of the digital books, but um, you managed to get yourself a copy of Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's going to be a fascinating read. Um, you get yourself a... Oh, interesting. I'm randomly rolling these, by the way. Uh, Off of what? Uh, Never mind. I don't need to know. I don't need to know. <laughs> um, you, you get a classic that I'm sure Isaac has already read. Um, you get two more books. You get a, you get a copy of the Iliad. What translate? No, I'm not putting you on the spot asking about the translation. Um, it's, I'm who do I get it from? Uh, okay, you would. Get <laughs> oh, um, I'll say you get this actually from uh, Kaya, or is it Kaya? I believe it's Kaya, Kaya right? Yeah. You get this from Kaya. She, as she is going over, as you are sitting down in a chair uh, next to the decks in the maintenance bay, Isaac, down here is extremely busy. People are reorganizing and repairing the maintenance bay 
nonstop. Like the shifts that end are immediately picked up by new shifts that have start right where they left off. This has been one of the biggest undertakings for Beacon ever since the station was reclaimed. And in that time, Kaya has kind of made this her home. She practically sleeps down here. So whenever you need maintenance or you want to talk or you need to get anything updated or worked out in any way, Isaac, this is where you have to go to find her. And she is almost always down here. Um, as a quick reminder, as a description, Kaya Jackson-Clark is a technician. She is 29 years old, Caucasian, soft-spoken, but talkative, takes pride in her work, and is deeply fascinated by synthetic and artificial tech. And she has been your go-to, Isaac, for any kind of maintenance work or repair or diagnostics or anything like that. She has been the one to go to. Um, she takes a... She is friendly towards you the way a doctor is friendly towards their patient. Yeah. It's kind of the attitude that she takes. So when you're talking to her about novels, she goes, oh, well, you definitely should take this one then. And she hands you a copy of the Iliad. If it's Kaya, it is the Caroline Alexander translation, if anyone is curious. Okay. <laughs> it matters. She, she hands you a copy of the Iliad, and she says, this, when I first read this when I was a little girl, it was a little confusing. I'm curious to see what you think of it and to get your take on it. Someone else said that I should be writing book reports. Do you need one of those, too? Oh, um, I tell you what, Isaac, if you would, I would love it if you would just send me a, a message while you're out there from time to time, like maybe while you're traveling and reading your books, just send me a, a message and let me know what you liked about the book that you read or a paragraph that you read. I'd just love to hear your thoughts. I don't need a whole report, but if you have any reflections or anything, I'd love to know. Will do. Keep an eye on Joe. <laughs> she smiles and says, I'm working on him tomorrow, actually. I've been delegated to Joe Repair. I don't know if we're allowed to do this because it's technically not Beacon property, but if we're allowed to keep Joe, I'm certainly advocating for that since it's sort of left behind. It is kind of un... I hate to say this, but it's kind of like she glances around and she says, I hate saying this, but one of the rules that I'm using to invoke the case for keeping Joe is salvage. And I think it's going to work too. And when it does, I'm going to go around the station and get everyone's idea of what we should name them. So if you think of a name, send it my way. Okay. You think they should be named Joe still? Aren't they named? She shrugs and says, Joe's kind of the default name that the Siegs Incorporation gives all of their working Joe models. Just like there there's another- There are three people on this station named Alex. That's true, I suppose. And there are more than one Isaac in the universe, but I don't know. Can I be honest with you? I, I don't know how I feel about working Joes. What do you mean? 
Well, it's just that Seekson created a model of synthetic that is much more baseline. It is not sentient. It has problem-solving intelligence, but it operates much like robots of old on Earth. And they did this very specifically because they wanted a disposable worker. Something that could do all the heavy lifting and hard work and wouldn't endanger human life. And if a working Joe ceased operation or if something happened to it, it was property damage. And you just move on and build another working Joe and create another robotic humanoid. And I get it. And I get that we as humans have psychological attachments and we name things and we develop emotional attachments to things. It's part of our psychology. I, I get that. But there's a side of this, Isaac, that I don't know. I just, there's something that happens to human beings when we, for lack of a better way of saying it, dehumanize other things. And it kind of has this corrosive effect on us. And so while people might argue, don't name it, I, I don't know. Joe was the name given to it by Seeks and Corp. Yeah, I just want to give it a new name. Maybe you should ask him. Well, that's going to take a lot of upgrading. But I'll try. You never know. Chances are I'll simply be given a request to fulfill a root command of redesignation. But that's still something, I suppose. Root is an unusual name. Rude? You think I should name him Rude? Yeah. He'd be in charge of himself. People might associate him for what he did before we reprogrammed him if I name him Rude. But, then again, it actually might be somewhat disarming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll consider that, Isaac. That's pretty good. All right. Have a good time. You too, and good luck helping people out there. Send me messages. I'll send you some back. We can be pen pals okay. across space. Space pals. Space pals. I need to go say goodbye to Mr. Impressive. <laughs> that cat hates me. She turns back to her desk and says, good luck. Thank you. Okay. Uh, it's a quick stop to say goodbye to Mr. Impressive. Uh, Mr. Impressive insists that everyone say hi to him if you spot him. Exactly. Um, Mr. Impressive has developed an... Unf Mr. Impressive has learned that when the lift stops on that level, people come out of that lift. So Mr. Impressive has developed a tendency of standing directly in front of the door and waiting for it to open for people to come out. 
and on more than one occasion has gotten into the lift, which has caused people to have to gently pick up Mr. Impressive and put him back outside the lift because he is not allowed off that level. Um, so this, it's easy to find Mr. Impressive because Mr. Impressive finds you when the doors open. Um, he does spend his time um, making sure that you understand how magnificent he is by stretching luxuriously in front of you and plopping onto the to his side, offering you his belly and then betraying your trust by attacking your hand when you gently pat the belly, though it is gentle bites. Um, and the the talons do not come out when he starts kicking his back legs. However, you spend your time with Mr. Impressive. Um, is there still screaming down the hall between Baker and Varela? No, the word uh, on the street was that there was a screaming match, and that's bilateral, and the notion of Baker yelling is fascinating to me. So if they're still yelling, I want to know. Hot no, goss. but it looks like, at least for the moment, it looks like Baker is setting up his office to be what was once the med bay slash restaurant. <gasps> it, looks like, it looks like he is setting up like a work area back there until it can become something else. So he has a desk set up back there. So when you are out here petting Mr. Impressive, you do spot him, and he just nods to you and goes, You're leaving soon, aren't you? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. It's going to be fun. The whole reason why you got brought on board to Beacon is we could put you to good use helping people, same as everyone else, same as myself. Are you having fun? <laughs> I think sometimes when I stop, and consider what I get to do for a living. Yeah, I'm having fun. Varela doesn't having like fun? it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Mr. Impressive looks at you and does the like the head kind of tilts and like nodding, like subtle nods when they're speaking without meowing, just mm. kind of looking at you, eyeing you, like you're waiting, like he's waiting for you to do something. I will attempt patting the cat as Baker continues immediately elicits a response the moment oh my goodness baker just says How about you you having fun isaac it's nice to be around all the people you know you're the second isaac unit i've worked with and you are the most unique the most i have to say the other Isaac that I worked with was not as inquisitive, not as interested. What happened to them? As far as I know, they're still working on the station that I left. They'd been there for a few years. As far as I know, they're still there. I didn't know you were on another station before ours. He nods. He says, yes. Primarily where I got recruited. What did you do there? I was XO. I was promised the director position when I accepted my job at Beacon. That didn't go over too well. With whom? Lady in charge. She decided to come out here on her own, take over the director chair herself. I thought I was going to be working for her while she was back on Earth, but well, it turns out. Hmm. 
Is it fun? Saying yes to a job position only to arrive and discover that I'm not getting it? No, that part wasn't much fun, Isaac. But I make a good exo, and one of these days she'll forget what toilet paper felt like in her Tokyo apartment, and she'll head back to Earth. You're waiting it out. Uh, originally, yeah. But about halfway through this month, I began to realize I like the people here. So it looks like I'm fucked. The worst thing you could do. Yeah. Anyway, you've got things to do. I've got things to do. Did I hear you were asking for books? Do you have any? Yeah, I've got one. You gonna read it? All right, I'm gonna give you my favorite. He goes back into what looks like his makeshift cot that he's got set up. Opens up a case, pulls out some clothes, and you see him fish out a copy of The Old Man in the Sea. And he says, I've had this since I was a boy, so take good care of it. He hands it over to you. Simple blue cover with a large swordfish on the front, and you see the name Ernest Hemingway. Space is quite big, and for humans, quite scary sometimes. My dad gave me that book the first time I shipped out. I'll take very good care of it. I know you will. Is this one happy? I'm supposed to read a happy one after a different one. I don't know if I'd call it happy, Isaac, but I would definitely say it's important. You can be happy or important? <laughs> You'll see. I think Isaac's uh, got a good pile of books. They're good. You read that book, you might get a better appreciation for why Hassan refuses to stop arm wrestling you. I think he just likes losing. No, you can't go in here. You can't go in here. <laughs> Immediately just inside the lift. And that is that. Um, does anybody else have anything they'd like to do? Uh, yeah, Doc is probably gonna... Uh, go pay Taylor a visit before setting off on the mission. So you're going to find Taylor down in the med facility where she is spending a lot of her time. And this actually brings you back into contact with one Dr. Khan. Um, when you enter in the medical facility, as a quick reminder, uh, the med bay is on the cargo deck. So all the way down to B deck. Last time you were down on B deck, this place was still being picked up. The pieces were still being put back together from everything that had happened before you all arrived at Beacon and everything that happened when you guys had to subdue a very violent, malfunctioning uh, working Joe. Now, however, the place is filled with people 
who are constantly coming and going out of the service ladders and going using the lift. You can hear the the echoes of power tools down here. Also worth noting too, the Colonial Marshal's office is down here, though it is not technically a Colonial Marshal's office, it's station security. But um, but your security chief, Marani, has not taken that off of the wall. And so apparently she likes the idea of still being called a marshal. You find uh, down here next to the, across the way, rather, uh, across next to the workshop is the medical center. It is very large, big enough to accommodate every single person on the station. Um, this can hold up to 30 patients if it needs to. And has not necessarily state-of-the-art equipment, but it does well for itself. Taylor is in here. There's two other people in here that are nursing wounds, probably injuries sustained while they were doing maintenance or repair work. You also see, right as rain, you see Dr. Skylar Khan, um, Indian, calm, soothing, excellent caretaker. You know for a fact that she is slight a slight germaphobe. She wears a doctor's coat, and she proudly has the trans flag pin on her lapel. Um, she has large black boots that she loves to wear around because they make lots of noise on the deck, but it also puts as much space between her feet and the deck that everyone is walking on as possible. Um, she has developed a, a fondness for you, Doc, particularly because you took care of her when she was rendered unconscious by a, a, uh, a, a very angry synthetic. Um, when you enter, she smiles at you and gives you a nod. And she says, Doctor, to what do I owe the pleasure? Well, I think I've gotten on enough nerves and they're about to send me off and I just want to check on my two favorite patients to see how mm. y'all were. I'm doing just fine. You might need to check on Taylor, though. Yeah, that, that no offense, Doc, but that's uh, who I came here to have a talk with. But uh, let's I had see a feeling. what it's about. She pauses when she's next to you and she, she as she's about to clear the room and give you some space to go talk to Taylor and she stops and she goes... You know, she kind of started to look at you as a mentor more so than me. She's going to miss you while you're gone. Uh, I'm, I'm going to miss her while I'm gone. That's, uh, that's what this is all about. Um, don't think this has made me forget, though. You need to remember to eat and to take care of yourself. I'm gone now, so there, it's just you. We can't have you getting knocked, Doc. And you need to learn to manage your anxiety. I, you know, I keep thinking I have it tucked in and everybody keeps seeing it. You need to practice breathing exercises. Maybe take some time to meditation can sometimes help. Also, conversations with friends. Yep, that's, uh, that's the medicine I came for now. So, uh, good seeing you, Doc. Mm. I'll practice meditating and you mm. make sure that you get something in your body to keep you going. Doctor's orders? Doctor's orders. Then we are bound. <laughs> she smiles and pats you on the shoulder as she moves back over to the other side of the room where you see her open up a cabinet and start cataloging some of the other medicines that have been left in there. Taylor is in a room about 30 feet away from you, and it looks like she's counting, literally counting vials that have been stacked up inside of this very neat uh, containment unit that is oh. ref highly refrigerated and is just like in front of her. one, two, three. As to Lots not sneak up on her, he's going to do that thing, that the knock-knock thing, just like, mm -hmm. hey, just somebody's here. Okay. She glances and she goes, hi. Hey. Hey, Taylor, how, how, how are you? Uh, one sec. Just don't want to forget the number while it's in my head. Oh, I can pick that up when I left off. Hi, I'm good. Uh, 
I'm good. I've just been doing a lot of cataloging lately. I'm used to <laughs> working with my hands, but I've have been having to use my brain and my eyes a lot more than I normally have to do, so I'm just a little tired. <laughs> How are uh, you? I well, uh, I I could use I could use uh, I could use a, uh, a friend's ear uh, sure. and a medical professional's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, what time? can I do? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I've, I've been sent off. Uh, I'm going to be heading on over to the Elios. Uh, they're sending us down to do some work on the colonies. Uh, and uh, I, I got a real good crew with me. I got a real good group of people with me. Um, and, and they seem to think highly of me. They, uh, well, to be frank with you, Taylor, they they named me captain, and uh, I am, I am terrified, and I just needed to say the words out loud. And there's this, there's this, there's this boy flying the thing, and I don't know. Is I, that O'Donnell? I, I, yeah, yeah, oh that's the one. God. You know anything about him? I, I, just he, that he's he, hot and kind of a jackass. I mean, he, he well, now nah, you can you can do. You can, I mean, he's he's okay, Taylor. I guess you know, just. <sighs> if I think it's like at this point, Doc like finds a place to sit and he. Just... <laughs> she she smiles at you and says, "Wow, Captain Doc, is that what they're <laughs> gonna call you?" Uh, well, my patients call me Doc. My friends call me Rich, and I guess my crew calls me Captain. <laughs> That's a great tagline. You should introduce yourself like that. <laughs> well, Taylor, we uh, we have officially gotten to the point where I feel it would be more appropriate for you to call me Ridge. Okay. Uh, look, uh, I just, uh, I just, I needed, I needed to talk to a friend about this. Uh, we're 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 going off soon, and I just. You know, my 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 boy was a tough sort. He was he was like he was a marine, like like the ones that I, I got coming with me. And uh, I, I, part of me always thought that he did it out of spite. I I, I don't I don't. You, you invest so much of your life in putting things together. You just hate to see them torn apart and. That that's that's what he decided to do for a living. I, I it it was always a point of contention. I, I I they they got a captain that I I don't want to hurt nobody, you know. And and I know sometimes being a captain means like, you know, I just I mean who You're nervous? Who, yeah, who ever heard of a pacifist captain? You know. <laughs> I mean, I have. Yeah. I just... Uh, part of making sure that people are okay, part of being a doctor is making sure they don't get hurt in the first place. And, and I just... I, I ain't never been a captain before. I've been a CEO and a manager, a supervisor, all sorts of things. But I, Look, I'm I, not going to lie. It's kind of a shitty thing to just drop on you. Captain's a lot. A lot. <laughs> but 
I can't imagine it's more stressful than, say, a life-saving surgery. I mean, you're making decisions that affect people's lives. That's got to be the same thing, right? More or less. I mean, I know I'm kind of generalizing <laughs> a little bit, but, you know, uh, it's a stress that I'm sure you're used to. I have a feeling that when it comes down to it, you'll know exactly what to do. I think you might be right. I just, I worry. I don't, I don't want to get none of these folks hurt. Well, I'm worried about that too. Um, <laughs> I don't want anybody to get hurt. I don't want you to get hurt. And I don't want, the truth is, is the frontier is kind of scary. I mean, ever since the colony wars ended, it's gotten better but it's still kind of the Wild West out here. There's a lot of really angry people, a lot of people that are really hurting right now because of how the corporations treated them, particularly Weyland Yutani. And I think anybody who does just a little bit of digging is going to find out that Beacon is being funded by the company that caused the whole fucking frontier world to break out in the first place. And let's be honest, like... When the colony wars happened, it was the colonial marines that got sent in to deal with it because things got really bad. It's tough. It's going to be tough. You know, every time you land at a new colony, you're probably not going to know who you're dealing with until you talk to the people. But I got to believe that they're asking for help because they need that more than anything. Nobody wants the colony wars to happen ever again. And I think they'll just be happy to see you guys. Just... Stay behind Martha <laughs> and and maybe Tig. And I got Isaac with me too. So Isaac's going with you? Oh uh, oh yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm surprised. I didn't think the director would let Isaac go. Isaac is incredibly valuable to her. <laughs> I don't like the way we talk about Isaac sometimes. You don't like it or you like it? I didn't catch that. I, 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 I don't like the way we talk about Isaac sometimes. I, Why is that? Because I think there's a lot more to Isaac than people are willing to accept. And I think that we use the, the label synthetic as a means to ignore was very obvious if you just talked to them. I mean, you see Taylor shrug and say, I, I tried one time to dive into the philosophical yada yada <laughs> of artificial life, and I, I can't hack it. So I just treat people like they're people. That's kind of where I default. <laughs> uh, uh, can I tell you a secret, Taylor? Sure. Uh, I took a number of philosophy classes in Oxford, and I think I failed each and every last one of them. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's probably a bunch of philosophers out there that would say you that by failing you passed, because that sounds like something a philosopher would say. <laughs> and see, this is why I knew you were the expert I needed to see. I'm feeling much better. Thank you. You can lose a point of stress if you have any more left. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay. I think uh, he's gonna go. I, I I've got a 
I've got to go practice my power poses in my captain speech. So, uh, and he's going to offer for a hug. Oh, she gets up and walks over to you and gives you a hug immediately. And when she leans back from the hug, she looks at you and says, Hey, so I'm going to say something that's kind of weird, but this is actually something I heard someone say to a synthetic person one time that I thought was really interesting and do what you like with this. But I once heard someone say to the effect of which I'll just phrase this like I'm talking to you, like I'm saying it to you, but also make sure you keep track of how Isaac treats Isaac. Synthetic people, I have seen them grow. <laughs> like, I think everyone sees, I mean, yeah, you could argue about programming and all that stuff and how a program gets used to yada yada and all that other philosophical scientific stuff that I don't understand. But my point is, is that I th think, yeah, just make sure Isaac doesn't treat Isaac just like a synthetic... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say? No, I it, got it's, you. It made sense when I heard it over said to me. And now that I'm saying it to you, I, I sound like a fool, but. Absolutely not. In fact, I think that I've never felt more secure in leaving this establishment than what you just said. Because organic or synthetic, they're all our clients. And we make sure that they stay holy. She gives you a warm smile and says, see you in a few months. Yeah, if I'm going to go take a sleep and hopefully it'll be a, a good one. Oh, I got to find a book for Isaac. And then he just kind of okay. swims off. Shall I randomly roll to see if you find a good book for Isaac? Uh, I actually would have two books that he would have on. Okay. Uh, I'm he, curious. He's got two of his kids' favorite books. Okay. So his so his boy's favorite book is The Count of Monte Cristo. Right, right, and right. And his daughter's favorite book is uh, Oh, I just had it and I lost it. Oh no, I just had it and I lost it. Oh, oh goodness, it's frick. I had it. Oh, 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 it's 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 oh goodness gracious. Um, oh, oh, yes, Don Quixote. Don Quixote. That's good. What was funny, what I was laughing at, is when you had said, and it is, that brief second between you said, when it is, the random generator popped up the book that it was going to suggest to me. And so I read the title as a completion of your sentence. <laughs> so I heard Noir saying, and my daughter's favorite book, which is Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Someone give Isaac that book. I'm begging you. Yeah, if you want a repeat Someone... of Ash <laughs> or David, let's give Isaac Lord of the Flies. Um, okay, so, uh, all right. Is anybody else taking care of business before the departure? I don't particularly need a scene out of it or anything, but just... I think Tig is uh, keeping to herself just like, well, kind of 
Solo quietly will go pack and okay. I think does spend. I I will send you what what she she, the, she sends two messages. Okay, um, great, yeah. And Please I will do. send you what what they are. One of them just was very fast. The other one I think she like agonizes over a little bit and rewrite takes a while to rewrite it and then goes and packs a little bit and then sits down and like, oh, and then like tries again. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> sits down and but she does. I think she just. I think she does just spend. She does some like just solo, just kind of keeps to herself. Um, okay. Until bedtime. Okay. Unless she is summoned, I guess. But no, you guys don't have anywhere to be until eight a.m. Sick. The next day, when you have to report to cool. the Elios. Martha would like to find Jackson. Okay, you. Uh, so first of all, it's easy enough to find someone's quarters because literally everyone on Beacon lives on the hab deck. Every quarter for every station staff, you all share essentially a huge floor of an apartment building. Think of it like that. Door after door after door after door after door. Everyone sees everyone coming and going in the mornings and in the afternoons. There's community showers and there's even a currently there is a convenience store that is going to be built inside the hab deck for everyone who is coming and going, which mm. everyone is fantasizing about how wonderful it's going to have be to have a convenience store. Um, but Jackson is not in his quarters. Um, you find him back on the Ilios, mm. thumbing through uh, what looks like a couple of flight logs that have been left on board the ship. Cool. But you find him all alone. He's at the front of the ship. He's got one foot up in the chair, and he's, like, swiveling it back and forth like he's fidgeting. And he'll occasionally just, like, flip a page when you approach. And he glances up at you and goes, hey. Hey. What you doing? Uh, just trying to get to know the ship a little bit better. Somebody left one of the flight logs on here. There's nothing in this thing, but it's kind of nice to see where Elios has been. Hmm. Just kind of helps me familiarize myself with it. it makes it a little more personal. Nice. I always find my best when I personalize a ship. That's good to hear. Mm. I'm sure Doc would also be really glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I, I know nothing about you people. He closes the book and looks at you and says, are you a Marine? Yeah, I am. Shit. I'm surprised at myself. I usually can't pinpoint people, but I could tell by the way you walked, talked, and conducted yourself, that that is a Marine. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or just an observation. No, 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 compliment, compliment, not an observation. It, I mean, it's an observational compliment. Okay. I, yeah. Well, I didn't want to interrupt your studying of the ship, but I wanted to ask you about the the whole thing with Isaac. Yeah. What about it? So here's the thing. We're going to be going out into space to go help people, and this is the crew we have, right? Sure. And Isaac is a member of that crew. Synthetic or not, Isaac is a member of this crew. So Isaac's a synthetic. Yeah. Why did you dodge you, that earlier? No one was dodging it, but you were asking it in a weird way. How? What do you want me to say? The company uh, synthetic makes it sound like they're owned by the company, like they don't have their own will or their own drive, which they do. Martha, Isaac is owned by the company. Isaac is property yeah, but, of Beacon Foundation. But if they answer it a certain way and you reject that answer and turn to the organics in the room, that's pretty rude, don't you think? I don't. 
really think. No. Look, I'm not the captain, but I will say the quickest thing to tank a team is lacking respect for each member and accepting them on their own terms. That makes sense. So will you be able to just accept Isaac the way they present themselves to you? Yeah. And not question their answers and especially in front of everybody else? He seems a little, you see him kind of like, you can see sarcastic body language for a moment. Like he's going to say something for a second, but he, you can tell he keeps it in check. And he takes a moment and he says, look, I don't know who anyone is on this crew. The director gave me the pilot seat, which I was happy to take. I mean, I joined Beacon so I could fly. So it was only a matter of time until she put me in the pilot seat. I'm great. I'm grateful for that. I'm good at it. But I didn't know who I was being assigned to. I knew there was an android on Beacon, but I haven't gotten a chance to really meet anybody. So asking Isaac if they were the synthetic, I was just trying to figure out, is this the person that's going to be taking care of my ship while we're all sound asleep? It's an important relationship to establish because Isaac is going to essentially be the person that maintains the beating heart of the Ilios, and I, I'm going to need them. I don't have any problems with them. I don't have any issues with the synthetic on board. I have worked with synthetics many times. I don't have any issues with that. What came off as weird to me is why I got such a weird dodgy response from not only you, but Isaac as well. Clearly Isaac you're... is the company synthetic. Nobody answered me yes or no on that. And that's weird. I think it was a matter of phrasing because when you say the company synthetic, what I'm hearing is this person is not a person. So maybe this the uh, stress should be like on, are you synthetic? Shit. Oh, maybe I that's this, uh, the difference. Okay. 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 I get you now. All right. I hear where you're coming from. I didn't know what the, that's what this was. I thought y'all were yeah. fucking with me. I thought this was like a hazing or something. Oh yeah, no, I thought you were being a complete asshole. So I'm glad we worked this out because yeah. now I understand. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, yeah, how do I, I don't know how to say this. I, I, I don't have an opinion towards synthetics one way or the other. They've, the, the ones that I've worked with have been great. I mean, they're, they're, Frankly, they, they make me feel better about flying because typically synthetics are much more dependable than human beings. But I see where you're coming from. And, and uh, note taken, but... <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we can all just... I think we can all calm down here. Everyone's calm. Okay. I didn't think anyone was being an asshole. I thought people were being dodgy. I just didn't know why. I, I felt like I was being hazed. I had no idea what that was. <laughs> but if it, if it is a, if it, if it is a, hey, dude, like watch how you talk to Isaac because everyone's a person on this ship. That's fine. Yeah, it's easy. That's an easy adjustment to make because I never. That's not where I was coming from anyway. So yeah, no, I'm good. We're I'm good. glad to hear that. Uh, and Martha's gonna 
kind of saunter over to the door and then right before she leaves she turns around and says Owen Jackson believe me when you're getting hazed you'll know it she winks at him and then leaves it's with an X by the way he shouts after you two give it that's a weird spelling but okay it's the traditional Irish spelling deal with it and he goes back to (laughs) oh it's not (laughs) can Doc just pop his head in real quick and look at Jackson and go are you single (laughs) you see I mean in the perfect button he just slowly looks up at you Doc and then we cut to (laughs) 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 um it's with one X, not two. Um, uh, yeah. So the next day, with with very little ceremony, you all you all board the Ilios. Uh, there's a couple of station staff that wish you all good luck. Um, at, uh, most people are like saying things like, "Make us look good, man." I'm stacking a lot of boxes on this station. Make sure they get to where they need to go because. This is not the Tetris I signed up for. Um, lots of folks being really complimentary and exaggerating, teasing. There's lots of like high-end banter as you are all going out the door. The XO sees you off. Um, Director Varela does not see you off. She remains up in her quarters, uh, but you were all seen off by everybody else. Uh, Baker's down below, and he sees you all as you're stepping onto the airlock and walking over the concourse to move into the airlock of the Ilios, just kind of wishing everyone good luck, giving pats on the shoulder and whatnot. Uh, and he stops you as you're about to head into the Ilios, doctor. And says, hey, I want to talk to you just for a moment. Oh, right, 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 of course. Hey, you got put on the spot a little bit by just being given the captaincy, so I wanted to make sure you were feeling good about it. I I did some thinking, some meditating, uh, talked to a good friend. I'm feeling, I'm feeling much better. I'm yeah, feeling that hippie shit helps me sometimes, too. <laughs> he smiles at you. I, I suppose that's one way to, c- to categorize it, but uh, I'm I'm glad that you are taking care of yourself. I, 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 I it's been doing wonders for my anxiety. I, I, I'm probably gonna have to take a, a moment to steal a few deep breaths when I get inside. Well, I'm giving you this, and he hands over what looks like this. It looks like this strange plastic cartridge with uh, in very much the old sort of retro styled fashion it looks like this this like plastic uh casing that almost has if you will please looks like a like the inside of a nintendo cartridge it has a handle a big thick handle on it and a barcode on the side and he goes i've already keyed this up to your identification code you will have your pdt chips they have all been programmed into the mother computer so you'll be able to keep track of each other when you're not on ship this is the key to the mother AI. Do not lose it. There is only one. It would be problematic if you lose it. Not impossible to access mother, but problematic. And he hands it to you. Uh, okay. She's waiting for your inputs. You should be good to go. Right, right, right. Um, 
does does this does this ship have any sort of a, a weapon weaponry on it? <laughs> no, Doctor. This ship is. How did somebody in the auxiliary crew put it? A bus in space. Oh, that's that's good. All right. Um, so so I don't have to worry about any any sort of. Uh, oh, that's that's great news all the way around. All right. Thank you. Give you some tips before you go, and this oh, is not to course. freak you out. Yeah. It's like this. Yes. You're going to be transporting a lot of valuable equipment to colonies that need it, which yes. means you might come across people who want what you've got. You see anybody running with a transponder dock, you run. Jackson will know what to do. O'Donnell's experienced. The frontier has gotten a lot better, especially because there's marines out here. But don't you forget, it's not completely safe out here. Not on the colonies, not flying into the colonies. Trust your crew, trust your instincts. That's the most important thing. Uh, all right, yeah. That's 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 what and we it, signed up for. Help people. If this we waylays any of your worries, then think of it like this: the only ships that you're going to encounter out there that have weapons are UPP ships. And if you encounter a UPP ship, you're dead anyway. I'm kidding. We're at peace now. But if they order you to stop. Do what they say. See what they want. It's not worth running. Uh, all right. I. I am taking You're going to do great, Doc. He pats you on the back and says, go on, get out of here. Okay. Go help some people. That's what I'm going to. Thank you so much for this. Um, okay. <laughs> you just take, like, you take the mother. step is just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, God. <laughs> Doc, in the past 48 hours, there have been a lot of people slapping you on the back and on the shoulder and telling you you're going to be doing great. And as you take that first step, it Suddenly, the universe feels bigger than it's ever felt ever in your life. Because as you depart from the Beacon Station, and what leaves what's in front of you is the Ilios, which is now your whole world until you reach this planet. What's up, Caitlin? I was going to say, just after post that encounter, Tig was not mm -hmm. involved, did not overhear anything. But uh, when I walk past him, as as he's kind of standing at the at the edge of the world, um, she's just going to like reach over, kind of squeeze his elbow, uh, and be like, not alone in it, Reg. We've got your back. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it safe. We got this. This is this is fine. I don't know how I don't know how Simi did this. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Let's I go gotta, see the stars. Yep, I gotta. Is it'd be problematic if I lose this, so I've got. Yeah, let's not. Let's put that. Let's put that somewhere safe. Let's yes, do it. Can let's we go. Do that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do first <laughs> first thing on the ship. Let's go to like, and we're walking. Like I know. <laughs> Everyone who has ADHD is like, let's put that somewhere where we know we will remember. <laughs> that seems important. He's got a death grip on it because he doesn't yeah. trust his hands. <laughs> yeah. It's in line of sight until I put it in the place it's supposed to be yeah. Okay. If something's really important, just put it in your wheelchair. Then you'll it's have always, it with you wherever it's always you go. I'll never yeah. forget it. Yep. <laughs> all right. All right. So, one by one, you all load up onto the Ilios. Uh, entering onto the bridge is big enough to support the entire crew. So, everyone on bridge side, you can all hear the shaking of the the entire hull of the ship as the umbilical disembarks. And 
silently, you can see it retracting back to Beacon Station out the starboard side window. Yes. Um, Jackson just kind of leans over, watches it, and he goes, okay. Flips a couple of switches, leans, bends down, looks like he puts on like the, the headphones with the mic, and he goes, clicks on and says, Beacon Station, this is the USCSS Elios. I have confirmation for the retraction of the docking umbilical. Over. Beacon Station, this is USCSS Elios. The docking umbilical has detached. Confirm. Over. Julio, turn off your fucking music. Do you read me? Over. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes. Uh, hold on. Let me look out the window. Yep. I see it. Docking umbilical has detached. You have some uh, clear skies there, Elios. Happy sails. Uh, uh, <laughs> trails. I'll see you when you get back. Copy that, Beacon. Thank you for that warm send-off. He flips it off. He says, how the fuck did they put that kid in charge of traffic control? We're all going to die. Flips on a couple of switches and starts powering up the engines. We haven't yet, Jackson. We haven't quite yet. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He presses the throttle. You all can hear the growing roar of the great engines on the back of the Ilios as she begins to gain power. Just... And he goes, oh, get used to that. We're going to be listening to that nonstop until we make planet fall. And he accelerates. And you all see Beacon begin to leave the side window as you all begin to gain acceleration. He goes, all right, USCSS Ilios departing Beacon Station. We'll see you on the other side. See you all in a few months, Beacon Station. And then you hear the director. Ilios, this is Beacon. Elios, this is Beacon Actual. <laughs> Stay safe out there. Stay in contact. Keep us updated. It's a milk run. When you get back, we'll have more supplies to send you all out on. <sighs> milk run. Right. Okay. Uh, big Captain Speech time, everybody. Uh, okay. So... I don't know much about being a captain or, or the frontier or any of that nonsense. Uh, but the mission is simple. We go find some folk that need help and we go help them. So in that regards, I think that we are equipped with just the right people to do so. Uh, when you're on this ship, you are crew. We're all we're all crew here, so we, we got to look after each other. We got to look after the people going to help. And, uh, and, 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 that, and that's it. Let's, let's, try, let's try to do more good than bad. That's all. Also, this ship has no brig. O'Donnell shouts out. So party hard. <laughs> party I, hard we shall do. I, I don't like him. <laughs> But he's crew, though, according to my speech that on I just Yeah, said. he is on the ship. He is We're on in board. this together. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I don't, I don't like him at all. 
<laughs> Come on, Go guys. Does anybody have a song they want to sing? As I he starts like to accelerate. Fun of me now. Ninety-nine <laughs> bottles of pop on the wall. Ninety-nine bottles of pop. How many? How many days? Fifteen. Can we wait? How? What number do we need to do for fifteen days of? Ninety bottles oh, of pop. Oh yeah, yeah. How many? Is this what you wanted, Jackson? There is an airlock on board, though. Ninety-eight bottles of pop on the wall. I will put myself in the airlock. I'll learn how to fly. I'm a quick study. Uh, um, not as quick as Isaac. I saw Isaac looking through the flight manual. You're I'll just proving my point. Yep. Isaac's, Isaac's got Isaac's got the hem. Ninety-seven doesn't quite fit in the cadence of that. I'm skipped ninety-six. 96 Somebody, bottles. please, for the love of God, put me in the hypersleep. <laughs> uh, on that, and provoked by this music. Um, Isaac will go up to Cap. Mm. Uh, Captain? You seem really nervous about everything about flying. Uh, it's... I... I don't... I've never done this, and I'm, I'm an old man. I, 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 think, I think I might be a little too old to be trying out Captain, but... But a lot of good people believe in me, so I'm, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability, and and I'm gonna get us back home. And if we find out that maybe not the best captain, then I'll gladly give the hat to somebody. I didn't get a hat. We'll get you a hat. We'll get you a hat. I feel like he's mocking me, but I no. We'll get you a hat. You, you're I'll, damn right. You need a captain's hat. No, I agree with that. I would love a I would love a hat, but you should focus on flying. He, he goes, "What do you mean?" Oh, oh! And he just throws his hands up in front of the window as you see this great expanse of space. And he goes, "No, oh, oh no, sorry, that's." Doc grabs the nearest council. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I misread that. It says it's I 64 light years from here. On you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just while you're asleep. Let me know if there's. Do you have a lullaby? Well, I was actually going to talk to you about that. Um, and he pulls out uh, Don Quixote and the Count of Monte Cristo. And he goes, uh, Now, I know that you got a bunch of books, but did you know that there's a secret to books? See? I don't know if I know it because it's secret. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you books have a secret magic to them. See, now, now, you can read a story, and you can get the story for yourself, but the real magic comes from when you share a story with somebody else. I've read Count of Monte Cristo a million times, but I, it, I, it didn't really it didn't really take my heart until I read it to my boy. I think I understand. So if you ain't got nothing to do, I'd love to have maybe somebody read me a story while I'm sleeping. Uh, Isaac reaches down, puts one of the books into their now fairly hefty book bag, but holds up a... Don Quixote, mm -hmm. uh, the story of the impossible idealist. <laughs> I think I'll start with this one. It's a good one. That one made, I mean, made my girl 
Uh, my, my daughter, Marianne, laughed. She thought he was ridiculous. <laughs> There's sound effects. I do. It's a whole thing. You tell it how you tell it, though. O'Donnell looks over at you and says, and you just looks at you from across the bridge up over the one of the consoles and says, that's really nice, Doc. I, I, I can be nice sometimes. <laughs> All right, y'all. Rough Captain 2, arg. <laughs> uh, you see O'Donnell stand up from the flight suit, from the, from the, from the flight chair as he stands up he goes all right well this is all pretty much good to go uh mother can handle the rest it's pretty much time for us to get suited up for sleep so i'm gonna head down to the hypersleep deck uh permission to go to below captain uh permission granted all right anything y'all want one by one, you all make your way down to the deck below. I'm gonna, as we pass, as uh, I'm sure as Isaac probably comes down with us, at the very least, um, Tig's gonna kind of like offer up like a fist bump, like a side side fist bump to to Isaac as we head in, and be like, "Don't get, don't be too bored. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, what is that? Six, sixteen books the last two fifteen days. <laughs> you seem like an avid reader. I think you'll be all right." You'll find out when you wake up. I want to hear about your favorites. I want to know which ones rocked you. I want to know. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good sleeping, but you have fun reading. Okay. And then she gets in and goes, okay, good night. <laughs> Just kind of like... <laughs> true, true to form, because it is an old ship and it is not using the most up-to-date stuff, your attire for hypersleep on the Ilios is stripping down to just the bare minimums so that you can sleep comfortably for the weeks that you are going to be 15 days estimated journey time. So a little over half a month, y'all are going to be sleeping. Um, one by one, you pick your favorite pods and uh, get comfortable sliding into the bedchambers. This, of course, being the bison, this is essentially a replica of the bedchamber that you see them wake up in, in the original Alien. And, Isaac, you monitor as they all plug into their life support systems and the canopies to the sleeping pods just... Oh, real quick, before the dot goes under, mm -hmm. I think, uh, just, uh, mother, uh, granting Isaac... Uh, administrative controls. You hear that incredibly retro sci-fi typing sound as Mother, the dialogue just appears on the green screen. It says, confirmed. Isaac has control. Isaac, I don't know if this will make you any never mind. Um, but I want you to know that I trust you. ain't that you're useful it's that you're good alright sweet dreams here's hoping y'all are asleep in moments 
as the pods initiate, the temperature drops and stasis is initiated. Just <laughs> the moment this happens, the ship immediately flickers into low power mode. And Mother tracks your movements, Isaac, so that the ship is lit wherever you need to go. When that happens, when the crew is confirmed in hypersleep, you hear the telltale signs, the countdown, ding, ding, like the digital sound of a ship's bell, basically indicating that FTL jump is being initiated in 10 seconds. You place your hand on the wall, and a few moments later, the entire ship becomes a burst of tachyons as you all slip into faster than light. <laughs> and the Ilios disappears to reappear in 15 days as his designation. Isaac, you look around at the corridors and the hallways and at the pile of books that you have to read. You could Hi. build a whole library here. I'm going to go back to the hypersleep pods after I've checked my diagnostics and I'm going to uh, screechingly pull over a stool without waking any of them up and crack the first one open. In the village of La Mancha, the name of which I have no desire to call to mind, there lived long since one of those gentlemen that keep a lance in the lance rack, and on, and on. If you can imagine, while this is happening with Isaac reading this in the dimly lit hypersleep bay, we pull back into a dark corridor with the gentle hum of the engines. And that is where we end tonight's chapter. Or tonight's episode, I should say. The first part of chapter, of the next chapter, of uh, Beacon. Um, we went a little over, <laughs> but it was worth it. Fantastic game, you guys. Fantastic game. Um, when we come back next week, uh, we will be arriving at Paxton's Reach for the first mission. So that's going to be interesting. Let's go ahead and dole out some XP real quick before we kick things off. Because you guys definitely got those. And I want to do, let me, let's just go ahead and do this right now on stream if that's all right. So we do not forget and that so no one gets um, left behind here. Um, did we actually, uh, and Elisa, you got your seven experience points from the last game. Yep. Okay. Um, real quick. If you guys could please just go around the table. I would love to hear what y'all's favorite moments of the game tonight were. So many. Yeah, pick one. I want to hear. <laughs> it was all good stuff. I want to hear. Do you oh. need you to know that normally when I note take for, for games, I get about a page a session. I have four pages for this <laughs> session. Wow. I, I, I feel bad because my favorite movie involves none of us. <laughs> Great. I want to know it. Hearing Mr. Incredible's daily routine. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Listen, listen. The doc is a pacifist, but I'll murder everybody on <laughs> You're like, this universe will bleed if I find out anything happens to this cat. Beacon will be debris in space. We only had Mr. Impressive for three sessions, and if anything happened to him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and that's why we left him in charge of the station. Exactly. 
Uh, if y'all want, I can give you XP if you can. If you want to tell me what your favorite moment is, otherwise I can just throw out your XP for you. Here. Uh, um. uh, the arm wrestling was so good. I didn't <laughs> think we were gonna get it. I thought it was an offhanded, and then it happened in the session, and I was delighted. Yep. I just um, liked seeing Martha go to war. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Martha goes to war could be an alternative name for this episode. Oh, <laughs> the tagline for yep. Yeah. The one who keeps her head down and seeing mm -hmm. what she does does not do that for yep yes. yep don't fuck with the marine <laughs> or the um, marines or friends the marine's crew. yeah, yeah. Or the marines crew yeah well all right um in that case oh let's... i have a favorite yeah. moment sorry yeah. it's via lobos just the, all of via lobos <gasps> everything about just jack that's so funny oh, he God. had he had like a line this entire game but he was really well cast like, uh -huh. in the movie that's in my head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and the like, setup. it's one of those where it's like, oh my gosh, I wish we could have so much more of him. Yeah, the setup <laughs> was great. Was so good. It was this mm -hmm. tension. And then the... He is out of control. <laughs> are you single? That's a good one, D-Man. The are yeah, the oh, are you single? single? Yes, are you single? Yeah. Line of the good. night. Line of the night for what sure. What a tag. What a tag to that scene. All right. Oh my God. Did Everything you participate in the game session? You gain one XP. Did you risk uh, or sacrifice something to further your own personal agenda? Uh, I would say nobody risked or sacrificed mm -hmm. this time for that. Did you risk your life for a buddy or PC? Can Thankfully, you, nobody mm, had to do that. What's up? Can I say? I, mm, you did <laughs> heads with a new crew member. Yeah, I would say Martha. Mm, and that's not a risk or a message, sacrifice. The oh. message. Mm. Personal agenda. Risk. I did have you roll for that, so I will say that was a risk. <gasps> Delightful. Yeah. I agree. Oh, right. Agendas. I, I did. I hella did my agenda today. Um, it's it's if you risk or sacrifice to further no, your personal agenda. I don't think I will. In this case, <laughs> I have to agree with Elisa. That's a very strong point. Yes, you you did because yes. you had to roll for that. <laughs> um, did you risk your life for a buddy? Thankfully, nobody had to. Did you challenge or stand up to your rival PC? Elisa, please gain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Please gain an XP. Go, Martha. <laughs> Yes, you gain XP for that. You totally stood up and challenged that. Um, did you make a panic roll? Nobody had to make a panic roll. Did you overcome a dangerous event using violent or non-violent means? Nobody had to do that this time. Did you make a significant discovery or revelation? Um, we learned about I'm that gonna give that to supposed to be the... Isaac definitely yeah. gains that XP. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Isaac got some tea. Um, yeah. 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 Isaac got some tea tonight. Uh, did you perform an extraordinary oh, well, action we, of some kind? What's up? I, I say we learned um, how backed up the mm. all of our That's calls true. with the six hundred and seven mm. calls or something like that. That's true. One hundred and seven dire. Yeah, dire. Yeah, hundred dire. Yeah. Six hundred. Yeah. Things are pretty rough. Um, also, we I learned that Albright was a CEO, and that just. Very rich. Very rich. So I'll tell you what. I'll give you all an XP for that. I'm also going to give everyone an XP. Uh, for did you perform an extraordinary action of some kind for me in that in this case um, in in for tonight's episode in particular especially because it was very uh, spice of life episode mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna say that is easily enough to give you an XP for great role play tonight and taking uh -huh. care of each other the last one did you earn any money yes actually you did it's been a month you've earned money so hey! yes you gain another XP we got broke <laughs> you gain You're XP rich yeah what are you doing I mean my daughter has control of the money <laughs> what okay that's a whole okay all right i'm excited for next week's episode now <laughs> we have questions hey gab uh, uh follow-up questions 
No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for us tonight on Beacon. Thank you so much for watching. Um, if you were watching VOD Squad, you'll notice these have been rolling out to YouTube. Now that there are three episodes up, you will start seeing these episodes roll out on iTunes. So stay tuned for that because we are actually releasing these in podcast format too for anybody who wants to catch up on the episodes. We thank you so much for your support for Stream Punks and letting us tell these stories. We will see you next Monday as we arrive at Paxton's Reach. Until then, my friends, sleep well. <laughs>